welcome. This is Between the Gutters Podcast, starring Drew Tan and Albert Lamb, and our guest co-host, Shanus. If you know the name of the movie you want to see, press 1. What are you doing with your voice right there? I'm doing movie phone. Is that what movie phone sounds like? Yeah. Sounds like a Dutch voice gangster. Oh, no, not really. I mean, I've done my 1920s gangster, but... I mean, if that's the case, I just call more movie theater. Like, you want to buy a ticket? No, please. Tune back to the auto voice thing with the gangster thing going on. Cause, like, Let's be honest. Movie phone is debunked, and it hasn't been I haven't really relevant. movie phone in... ever. Really? So, I guess I don't even know what it sounds like. It was always just kind of a pretty generic, excited voice. Excited? What I can recall. Uh, like excited, like. You sounded more constipated. <laughs> he was excited. Well, we could dial it right now and give it a shot. Wait, does the movie thing still work? It still exists. So people still call it. I imagine oh. that that line is still somewhere out there, and there's like one old senior citizen somewhere <laughs> who's using it because they don't understand how the internet works. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, <laughs> you guys are all listening to Between the Gutters. The podcast where we talk about the stories within the panels. And today, our episode (coughs) is very special. We're going to talk about Avengers Infinity War. The movie is fresh. Hope you guys watched it already because this episode of our podcast is going to be chock full of spoilers. We're going to spoil everything. So if you don't want spoilers, if you haven't seen it yet and you want to be surprised, uh, I guess... Don't. I don't want. I don't want to say don't listen to us because yeah. I really want you to listen to us. Yeah. I would recommend that you shouldn't actually let what we say go into your ears. But what you should do is you should play the podcast so that we still get the the listen counted yes. for us. But don't actually listen to us. So like, just have it playing on mute. Yeah. On yeah. There we go. Or you could have the earphones plugged in and you know put the earphones under your pillow or something. Yeah. But don't put your head on the pillow because sound so tends, has really a tendency to move. this really between the panels, but between the uh, film slits. Uh, I guess you could say that, but it's a movie that's based on comic books. Yeah. It's close enough. Yeah. So to start, I think it's uh, a good way for us to start is to talk about the various influences on um, the Infinity War, uh, the different comics that they referenced, and the different plot points that... You know, basically, what they cherry-picked to make the best possible movie that they could make. Yeah. So, the best, or the the most obvious influences that they used uh, for this movie are obviously the Thanos quest and the Infinity Gauntlet mm. uh, from the 90s, by written by Jim Starlin and illustrated by uh, George Perez and Ron Lim. Yep. And then the other big influence was Infinity by Jonathan Hickman yeah that had a bunch of artists and we we talked a little bit about Jonathan Hickman's run in the past during uh, I think our first episode um, because it's it is one of the 25 greatest Marvel comics of all time Mm -hmm. and we also talked a little bit about him uh, during our Avengers centric episode last time but yeah, let's talk a little bit about how these comics in particular really influenced this movie. And I guess you could say how they influenced the greater themes of, or the greater uh, ongoing subplots of the entire yeah. Marvel Cinematic had, Universe. It definitely had an impact on 
their structure mm-hmm. the you know just the decisions that they made in terms of uh what the overall <coughs> movie would look like um so i i think the first thing that i'd start with is the infinity gauntlet um mm-hmm. there's also don't forget thanos quest that was actually the name of a comic the thanos quest it was I, a two issue miniseries right 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 <laughs> i never actually read it so it's a little harder for me to like uh reference that that one was basically Thanos going around the universe and collecting the infinity gems. Yeah. In the comics they're called the infinity gems and I guess in the movies they're called the infinity stones. stones. So but, it, was a, it was a two issue miniseries yeah. where you just collect six stones. Yeah. 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 Like yeah, I mean cuz I think by the time Infinity Gauntlet starts here, he has them. Yeah. So the first page yeah. of Infinity Gauntlet, he's already got the full gauntlet. So he's yeah. got stones. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he gems. He's got Big stones. Big stones. Big gems. Big old stones. Gems. Gemstones. Yeah. Yep. He had the, he had the <laughs> gems, man. They must have been real polished. They were. Yeah. Uh so anyway, in, in Thanos Quest, each of the infinity gems is being held by I guess they're called elders of the universe. So I don't remember all of them off the top of my head, but one of them was uh Champion. He was that blue guy with the red hair yeah who, who would always get into fights and the one the other comic that i remember him from was from i think it was from the 70s or 80s where he gets into a boxing match with ben Grimm, the thing for the fate of the universe it was either the fate of the universe <laughs> or the fate of the planet or, or something it, it was high stakes it, I, I bet. Think. yeah okay is yeah. it is it was that like a, a parody of the um there's Muhammad Ali Superman? <laughs> Not even that. No, there was a, an old school movie, Black and White, where some guy's playing chess against death. And I forget what they're playing for, but I don't know if that's like... No, I don't I, I don't really remember the story of that one too well. What I do remember from that was how... It's, 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 a, it's a comic that really does a good job of showing you why the thing is the heart of the Fantastic Four because he never quits basically champion beats up all these other guys and i don't really remember who they are but he beats up all these other guys and then he's on a power level that's like well above the thing to be he's honest like a beyonder or something yeah like i mean that. the champion he's a cosmic he's a, being yeah he's a cosmic being and the thing like the thing can't even beat the hulk right yeah the hulk's stronger than the thing but but what ends up happening is the thing just doesn't give up and because his because of his his never quit attitude he ends up somehow winning that fight I mean, that's nothing like real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In real life, if you never give up, eventually, whatever you go up against will kill you. <laughs> or really seriously maim and cripple you. So kids, don't ever try. <laughs> give up. Give up. Don't give up now. Don't yeah. Calls it bangs with red hair. Yeah. It's the moral here. <laughs> anyway, I don't know why we spent so much time talking about champion. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, he, Thanos got one of the... I think he had the power gem, and then he took... Another gem from, I think, the Grandmaster. Yeah. Uh, so basically, yeah. after he gets the first gem, he he leverages it to get the other gems from the other cosmic Yeah, kind beings. of like Mega Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. is perfect. Yeah. I like that so much. Thanos Very is good. a cosmic despot version of Mega Man. Yeah. He went around the universe, yeah. he beat figured up, out beat the, up the bosses, he took the gems and yeah. used, used those gems to beat up the next boss. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That's excellent... Uh, Way to describe that. Somebody should totally make a Mega s- Thanos an, Man. Yeah, yep. 8-bit side-scrolling Dude, that'd action be awesome. game starring <laughs> Thanos where he collects all the gems. They have that really cool like 8-bit music. Yeah. 
Mega Man had some. Okay, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> On topic, guys. <laughs> so, what can you tell us about the Infinity Gauntlet? So you, so you've already mentioned that the uh, Thanos quest at the beginning of it was this mini series about Thanos getting the gems, mm-hmm. and by the time Infinity Gauntlet starts, it's a comic where Thanos already has all the gems, and basically, it starts out with him using the gems to wipe out half the universe Mm -hmm. um so in the comics thanos is obsessed with death and he and death is personified as this woman and he in order to get her affections is willing to commit these great feats that he think will win her over is she hot um she's in a cloak most of the time so you don't really like her face is pretty sometimes and her face is kind of a skull other times yeah but you know a if that's what Thanos be into, then that's what Thanos be into. Who, I ain't gonna who are judge we to him. say, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, yo. Exactly. I mean, if that's you know, if that's what moves your wick, then hey, more power to you. Yeah, she's mysterious. She's got a cloak on her body, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So, Thanos, Thanos is uh, just trying to impress this girl, and he uses his powers to again to wipe out half the universe. And you don't do that without getting the attention of everybody exactly (laughs) (laughs) so all of the heroes in the marvel universe decide we have to do something about this and in the comic they go out into the middle of space to confront him and there's just this epic battle where all the superheroes are trying to beat him into submission but before that happens mephesto has this talk with him where he goes look if you want to use this fight as a chance to like impress your woman, y- you got the Infinity Gauntlet. You're gonna beat them regardless. You got to give them a chance. So Mephesto goes, you know, he he tricks Thanos, and Thanos goes, "All right, I'll give you, I'll give them a 02 percent chance or something like that. Some <laughs> ridiculous, ridiculous odds that I, I would never take. But, <laughs> but he basically gives them these odds and says, "All right, you've got a chance. You can beat me." And the heroes go out and the remaining heroes mind you half of them are all dead at this place okay so I was going to ask you about it because I haven't read Infinity Gauntlet yeah so when they, he destroyed half the universe's population yeah I was going to ask like, did that mean like half the heroes that we know of are not available to be exactly okay. exactly it was a pretty uh, random uh, mishmash of characters yeah okay so so what happens in the comics is Thanos has the gauntlet and he just snaps his fingers, and then half the population of the entire galaxy... Yeah, in an vanishes. instant. In an instant, they're, they're all just dead. dead. And so all the are hero- they physically, or they just vanish from existence? They vanish from, they vanish existence. from okay. existence. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, yeah. they're basically dead. Yeah. So, like, what, what ensues is this pretty amazing... Like, as a kid, it's just an amazing battle where yeah. you get to watch your heroes die, and I know that sounds kind of horrifying, but at the same time... As a kid, I was pretty obsessed with death. looking at each individual panel and seeing just like exactly how they died, exactly how they died, and just what Thanos did to him. And Jim Starlin got really creative with how he killed all of them. It was, it was pretty funny. Like at one point, he turns Thor into glass. Yeah, and he just shatters him. I remember that. <laughs> and then Cyclops is like just blasting him with his optic <laughs> blasts, and he just uses his and he just uses the gauntlet to encase his head in this clear 
transparent cube. So Cyclops is just like <laughs> grabbing at his head and like trying to claw at this cube, and you can see his optic blast just blasting inside this clear cube. But all at the same time, he's just running out of air. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's funny to see someone suffocate? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my, yeah. my favorite one though was. Do you remember how he kills uh, She-Hulk and Namor? I do, but please tell tell us, Drew. <laughs> Thanos uses the Infinity Gauntlet and turns Namor and She-Hulk into gigantic Chia pets. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the thing is, it starts out really small because, like, they basically come up and they're tackling him and they're just, like, double-teaming Thanos and they're, like, just trying to wail on him. But he just, like, touches him and this thing, like, you can see oh, on their gross. chest... There's this small growth, and eventually, within like seconds, it just overtakes their whole body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was like Nova, who's like, I'm gonna fly in there and I'm just gonna pound on him, and he just like charges him, and like Thanos just again just touches him, and he turns into tiny cubes, yeah. <laughs> like little little Lego little blocks. blocks or something. <laughs> but yeah, like. By the end of the, oh, the... Do you remember how he killed Spider-Man? Did he just beat him to death with a rock? <laughs> no, no. So, so here, here's, here's a little more info for added context. So Thanos does all this stuff. He kills half the galaxy. And Death is not impressed. She's still acting cold towards him. I mean, yeah. she's in his presence, but she's just being really cold. And, you know, Thanos wants some affection. He loves her yeah. like, in a romantic way. He's like, I've killed half the universe yeah. for you, and I'm going to beat these guys with my bare hands. What, what can I do to, to win your love? And she's just super cold towards him. Yeah. So what he ends up doing is he thinks, I'm going to make her jealous. I'm going to create my perfect ideal woman. So he basically creates this female version of himself. <laughs> 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 He's like... See that? She's hot. She's yeah. a chick version of me. Exactly. <laughs> and then, so, so this this female version of Thanos that he creates, she ends up grabbing a rock and killing Spider-Man with a rock. <laughs> like, I remember that you, now. You see, you see her and Spider-Man fight in one panel, and then in the next panel, you see her smiling at Thanos, holding a bloody rock. <laughs> <laughs> so the series, yeah. So the mini series basically just is just really. A series of events that continually escalate. Uh, so it's it starts with Thanos killing all the Marvel heroes, and then eventually he starts taking on cosmic beings, and like uh, I don't know, should I just ruin yeah. it? So yeah. so ultimately he takes on the personification of the universe itself in this. I think it's. I forget who draws it. It's either George Perez or it was Ron, Ron Lim. Because I think George Perez drew the first three and then Ron Lim drew the last three. Okay. So it's just this amazing... So by the time he's gotten to that level in the battle, he's just fighting these just cosmic entities. And we're just looking at just people blasting each other with energy that would essentially be enough to cause a big bang in un any other set of circumstances. So it's just this epic scale battle that just constantly escalates and you know eventually Thanos kind of screws himself over because he he just reaches such a height of power that once he gets to the point where he's beaten everybody and he's like there's nobody else to beat I'm going to become the universe now. Mm -hmm. He takes on the aspect of the universe yeah. and in that instance in that instance he's 
vul- his his actual physical body is vulnerable yeah. and someone takes the gauntlet in that moment. Yeah. And Nebula yeah. ends up taking it this whole time well, he yeah. had kept Nebula as some sort of I guess kind of like a pet because he he was he, torturing her yeah, for fun. He incinerated her and and messed her up and she's just like and a walking point, yeah. a walking zombie basically. I think at one point he gives her like what's it called leprosy or something like that. Yeah, she's like all diseased and poxed and yeah, nice. yeah. But then when once Thanos uh, takes on the aspect of eternity, he leaves his physical body and while his body's just sitting on his chair, yeah, Nebula ends up just walking to the body and taking yeah. the gauntlet. <laughs> Well, in all fairness, he was he was kind of uh, he was trying to get dismissive act- of her too. Yeah, he was. At this point, he had tortured her so badly that he, I think he just presumed that her mind was broken. Yeah. But there was still enough hate in her that she was willing to that she was cognizant enough to grab that gauntlet. Yeah. While he was vulnerable. Yeah. yeah you yeah. understand that hate makes you stronger. Yeah, I haven't eaten in weeks. He hasn't needed to because his hate sustains him. Yeah, I just sit here and think about everything that I hate. Parking tickets, um, the French. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I understand you there. Uh, So, what other influences? So, Infinity Gauntlet preceded Infinity War? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. After the success of the Infinity Gauntlet, Marvel saw they had a little cash cow, and I guess they uh, had Jim Starlin do an one of those events every summer because I think up to that point there had been a few events and crossovers that Marvel did but, but this was successful yeah this was on a whole different scale because a lot of the other crossovers they did yeah. in the 80s other than Secret Wars uh, were relegated to summer annuals so they weren't really seen as like big deals you know mm-hmm. because yeah. you didn't have to read those they didn't interrupt the actual like flow of the normal series yeah but with the infinity gauntlet that was its own mini series it, it was each it was six issues long and each of those issues was double sized yeah it became a big event and other uh, comics tied into it uh, particularly uh, silver surfer yeah. and that was a a big one like that was the comic i loved uh from my childhood yeah and basically what got me into comics uh heavily was silver surfer and the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. There's actually a scene in the Silver Surfer uh, comic before before Infinity Gauntlet number one comes out. Basically, uh, for the, in in a buildup of issues, there was a story where Jim Starlin was writing uh, the Surfer, and Thanos basically became the Surfer's adversary. He, and then after Thanos gets all the gems, he basically toys with the Surfer, um, basically. Shows off his power, and then the Silver Surfer knows he can't. Was this when he at one point puts him on a leash or something? Uh, no. Okay. This this was uh, that was during the infinite. That was an Infinity Gauntlet crossover issue. Okay, okay. But he he basically toys with the Surfer, messes him up. The Surfer knows he can't stop Thanos on his own, so he flies to Earth to try and warn Earth's mightiest heroes and whatnot. So Surfer ends up uh, flying crashing to earth because he's so beat up and he yeah. ends up in the sanctum sanctorum of dr strange and wong yeah and the scene is he's over there just kind of in this debris yeah and dr strange and wong are just kind of checking in to see what the commotion is and it's one of those scenes like out of movies where like you know someone is 
letting them know about like a harbinger of ill will or something mm -hmm. and Silver Surfer is just kind of messed up and he's just like saying Thanos is coming yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah. And you know, and it's it's such a powerful moment that we even see that in the movie. Yeah, uh, like that's kind of how the movie opens. We see the Hulk in the yeah. surfer's yeah. place. I was in the say, movie. That's yeah. yeah, and the way that they shot that scene with the Hulk, it's totally reminiscent of the scene with the surfer. Yeah, which was really cool too. Yeah, I was gonna say I think um, a lot of the movie uh, does take from Infinity Gauntlet at, at least that really kind of basic premise. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it does take things from Hickman's uh, Infinity, um, what's it called, crossover series, his, his event series. Yeah. You know, like, uh, who did they use? Like, all of the supporting characters on Thanos' side. Yeah. The, the, his, his hench people. Yep. Yeah. And I think in the movie, they're called, they're just called the Children of Thanos. In the comics, they're called the Cull Obsidian. Yeah. Also known as the Black Order. So, in the movie, I think there were four of them. In the comics, there were five. And I think they just, like, cut one of the... I think they got rid of Supergiant. Is that what the dude was called? <laughs> the the woman, the female. I f she was, like, the... She was the one who, f who beat up the X-Men. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Makes sense. The, I think in the, in the comics, the, the giant dude, the Rocky dude, um, his name is Black Dwarf. But I think in the movie, they called him something else. I think they actually called him Cull Obsidian. Oh, okay. I think, yeah. Okay. And then there was Ebony Ma, who was the guy who took out uh, Doctor Strange in the movie. And then uh, Corvus Glaive was the guy who had the glaive. <laughs> 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 and then there was Proxima Midnight, who was his wife. Yeah. Who had some sort of uh, javelin or something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, those they were uh, Thanos's generals in the Infinity comic. Yeah, and it's cool to see them make an appearance in in the film. Yeah, just because if you think about it, the first Avengers movie came out before Hickman started writing the Avengers. Yeah, so to see his influence, uh, you know, so realized. quickly realized. Yeah, that's a cool thing, man. It I is. like it. I it like is. it. I have a lot of affection for Hickman, so I'm glad that he got a shout out. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So moving on. Now that we've given the context of some of the comics that were inspirations for the movie, mm -hmm. um, do you think there was anything in the story of Infinity that influenced Infinity War at all? I mean, it's tough to say from my perspective, if only because Thanos as a character in general just kind of pulls in a lot of elements of just kind of space opera and a lot of these um, earth invasions yeah earth invasion sort of uh plot lines so it's hard like yeah it's it's hard to say whether the stuff from hickman's infinity story were was a direct influence it's easier for me to look at it and say oh he pulled a lot of this from infinity gauntlet more yeah. than he did from infinity itself right, right. yeah should we go into the plot? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the movie. <clears throat> so, uh, Infinity War is kind of the culmination of the 18 films. Or is it the 18th? Or Is it the 18th or the 19th? I forget. Yeah. Ooh. Well, anyway, okay, it's a lot. Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot. So, it's a culmination of all of the Avengers and the Marvel movies in general that have built up to where we are currently. Mm -hmm. um, they've been kind of just sowing the seeds of 
the story of Thanos since the first Avengers movie. Yeah. You know? And we we finally get to see it all come to fruition here with Thanos going out and getting the gems and it the movie just starts off right at the beginning with Thanos having already gotten two of the gems I think this is the 19th one huh this is the 19th Marvel movie oh, okay so uh, Shanus you guys didn't see this but Shanus just counted all of the movies on his fingers yeah he remembered every <laughs> single one he didn't use his, his feet at all he didn't look it up on his phone <laughs> like for real he just counted on his fingers still learning how to count yeah this this guy is he was a able math to call it student who's getting his masters <laughs> So he's he's super smart when it comes to math. Yeah, I trust his counting. I do too. I Especially do too. when I'm using my fingers. It's yeah. <laughs> and again, he didn't have to take off his socks and use his toes. So yeah, like no, I really trust him. Yeah, maybe until next year we'll. <laughs> <laughs> so the, yeah, the movie starts out with with Thanos. He already has one of the gems, right? He took the, okay. the gem from, from the, the uh, Nova Corps. From the Nova Corps. I yeah. guess he slaughtered them all off screen. Yeah, he slaughtered them all. <laughs> Not just the men. But the women and, and the, the children, children too—they're <laughs> like animals. So he slaughtered them like animals. He hates them. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Star Wars Attack of the Clones <laughs> reference for all y'all, in case you don't. Anakin Skywalker's <laughs> greatest moment. <laughs> Hayden Christensen. He didn't get an Oscar, but in my heart, he won that year. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, again, like, if we were to point the movie back to the comics, it's it kind of rolls in the Thanos quest mm-hmm. into that movie right there where he he already has that first gem and he's just using it. Pretty much the, the rest of the structure of the movie is him using it to find the other gems yeah. and to increase his power as he goes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like I said, uh, right off the bat, the movie starts off essentially where Thor Ragnarok ends yeah where Thanos attacks the ship that Thor is on and he's in the process of getting the second gem Mm -hmm. from uh, Loki which is the Tesseract yeah yeah um what did you guys think about uh how they used that intro of the movie to basically kill off Heimdall and Loki I oh good Oh, I, I thought it was effective. I I really didn't know what they're going to do with the opening sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, especially with Loki. Because I for a moment, because from the trailers it wasn't clear as to like what Loki was going to do. Yeah. They're just like okay, Loki's in the movie, which is like, great, it makes sense. You know, he was working with Thanos in the first Avengers movie, and he's the uh, conniving brother of, of of Thor. Which by the end of uh, Thor Ragnarok, we got this. He like he completed his own cycle of being a hero, blessing. All he wanted was to be loved by people and he realized that trying to buy or fake their love didn't do it so he decided to be okay I'll, I'll be a son of Odin I'll, I'll, I'll be honorable mm-hmm. but going to the movie like, like but who he's been his entire life has been this trickster god yeah so when they open up with him at first like oh we've got we've got a Hulk yeah he thought he's like okay they're continuing his progression from the, the Ragnarok where he's a decent person yeah and all of a sudden he's like well I'm clearly we're gonna lose this and Hulk just got beat up so um yeah. Ah, here's a Tesseract, you know, like, go ahead. There's even a moment where... So, if you don't remember the earlier Avengers movies, Loki was... I don't know if he was a thrall of Thanos, but he was working for him. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, yeah. in the very first Avengers movie, he's 
trying to. You had the scepter, and the yeah, scepter yeah, had yeah. one of the gems. He was trying yeah. to curry favor with with Thanos. Thanos like, I exactly. can I can subdue yeah the Earth for you. Yeah, and in this first scene with Loki, there's a moment where you think he's going to revert to his old ways because mm-hmm. he will survive. Yeah, he, like even after the he sets the Hulk on him, and you know. Thanos has Loki in, you know, he's choking him in his grip. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't revert to to a type in the sense that he only goes back to watching out for himself. He even in that final moment, he's still trying to kill Thanos. He yeah. He, yeah. he forms a dagger and tries to drive it into Thanos's neck, which I thought was great. Cause it's like why waste the character development you have from the previous yeah. Thor movie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I th- Characters yeah. need to evolve, and it was nice to see yeah. that Loki had evolved to where he was. That he that went point. out on a high note. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was really cool that. So the thing, the promise of Infinity War was that people would die. We would have casualties. So yeah. right off the bat, we get two two deaths. Two, you know, I I, I don't know. Like I guess it depends on who who Lo- you ask. I would say Loki's prominent. I mean, aside yeah. from being in all the Thor movies, he was the Avengers' main villain. That's true, and I think he got a lot of love. Yeah, yeah. people yeah. like Tom. Hiddleston? I think that's yeah. his name. He's the only villain character who's actually survived and been present yeah. in every, like, Thor <clears throat> movie. Yeah. 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 So, I, I definitely thought it was a good way to start the movie yeah. with just those deaths and, um, you know, it, it kind of just gave you the promise of, oh, shoot, these two characters are dead. Who else is next? So, well, what else are we going to lose? Especially when you know from yeah. Thor Ragnarok, like, that was, like, the surviving race of the Asgardian people. Like, yeah. that was... And they were just utterly annihilated yeah so here's another question uh that i thought of i thought of it after i watched the movie during the movie i didn't this didn't cross my mind at all but what happened to valkyrie and korg i was gonna ask about that too because like they were prominent characters from thor ragnarok yeah and, but yeah. i'm assuming that they were probably dead in the rubble along with other characters i kind of assumed as much as well because mm-hmm. he decimated them or at yeah. least the Im- the implication at the beginning of the movie was that they were just but um, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there a line when when Thor finally hooks up with the Guardians of the Galaxy? Didn't he say that Thanos killed half his people? Yeah, I remember that. So what oh, happened to the part. other half? They might have escaped. Yeah, okay. there's there's a chance that a bunch of them just fled in terror. Maybe Valkyrie and Korg yeah. took yeah. A, some survivors. Okay. And yeah, because it, it didn't really seem like anyone else besides Thor could have survived the explosion of the ship. Yeah. Well, they did show some dead bodies strewn about, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they must have been <clears throat> dead, though. I mean, they're not Thor. No. Like, yeah. Not all Asgardians are powerful like he is. Mm-hmm. Not as yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not all Asgardians are equal. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was a pretty intense way to start off the movie. I thought it was a yeah. great prologue, and then Heimdall uses his last ounce of strength to send the Hulk. Yeah. Uses the bi- opens up the Bifrost, sends him to Earth. Yeah, and then you have Hulk in the Silver Surfer role where he just falls down, crashes into the Sanctum Sanctorum. Yeah, yep. tells him Thanos is coming, and and <laughs> I really liked how they did uh, Bruce Banner's story in this because it was it was clear that that something in the fight, just the fact that I guess Thanos beat the crap out of the Hulk. The Hulk got scared. He'd never been beat that bad yeah. before, yeah. and he just didn't want to come out anymore. Yeah, but you still had Banner. Uh, striving to basically impress upon all of Earth's heroes what a threat and a danger that Thanos is. Yeah. Because if he can beat up the Hulk so easily, like there's no telling uh, what the limits of his power can be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's... 
it the the structure of the movie is pretty great too. Like I just, it's super fast. Like it's fast paced, but not in a bad way. You mm-hmm. know, like they, right from the get go, you you have that first action sequence, and then just from there, it's just a just a giant chase sequence. Yeah, all the way across for the entirety the entirety cool. of the movie, where they're just moving fast paced, but it's done in such a way that it's it's not messy at yeah. all you know like you're just following multiple plot threads and they're not jumbled you know yeah. so you're you're just totally watching everything move from like there's just a constant kinetic energy that just keeps going and mm-hmm. it doesn't ever really run up against itself where you lose where, where you ever feel like oh man they're, they're just rushing and they're just kind of throwing everything in there just yeah. to get stuff in but it's like comic the continuous connect energy of the movie is like is like mad max fury road yeah that's it, actually a good that was, uh, comparison that was actually. just one big action chase sequence yeah. but you never got bored mostly because the visuals and the ideas thrown yeah. in there were exciting but also because along the way there was character development there was yeah. actual structure to what was going on and the world building was also fascinating every moment was used sparingly so they like yeah, you're jumping from... So the way that they structured the movie is you have a bunch of different heroes separated by distance and mm-hmm. space, and they each have their own goals that they're trying to achieve. Are, are distance and space two different things? Oh, I mean, I don't know. Well, Albert's not a mathematician like you I'm are. not. I'm simple folk. Okay. Yeah. So anyways... <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, they're just trying to take... Uh, so everyone kind of has their role to play, and it doesn't ever feel like each role is diminished. Everything is impor- important. Yeah. Everything that everyone has to do is important. And the way that they directed it is really well done because everyone's moment... Again, everyone's moment matters, and every interaction matters. Mm-hmm. They're very smart about how they space these things apart and what they put in the content that they use in those individual moments yeah yeah and i think speaking of the uh the separate uh plots you got uh basically tony stark uh goes off into space to help uh doctor strange and then spider-man tags along you got uh thor he meets the guardians of the galaxy and then He's in search of his new hammer. Yeah, he needs to forge a new weapon. So Rocket, Raccoon, and Groot uh, join him while the rest of the Guardians uh, end up searching for Thanos. Then you got uh, the Earthbound heroes. Uh, I guess you could say Cap is probably the focal point of them uh, working to protect the Vision since the Vision has... One of the gems. Yeah, Yeah, one of the gems. And then... The other one, the other plot is Thanos's plot. Yeah, I think, in a way, I, I kind of see this movie as Thanos's movie. Like he's he's probably the main character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you had to pick one, that was kind of the promise of it. I think. Yeah, and I think that was the right decision because yeah, absolutely. Because up to this point, we'd seen a few seconds here and there in in post credit sequences, or I think he might have shown up for a little bit in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. Yeah, but Thanos wasn't really a character so much as uh, presence yeah. yeah like he was just some guy who's standing out in space on his Mobius chair and making some just ordering threats. people yeah. to do his bidding exactly you know so for I think for a lot of people who didn't know anything about Thanos this movie did a smart job of making him a character yeah fleshing him out uh, 
Josh Brolin did a good job yeah. with the voice acting too. I definitely feel that for these sort of movies, um, like I know it's sort of pretentious to say, but character like the villains matter, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, their motivations matter, and I, I it's important to get a it's important to get context on them, right? Yeah. So like otherwise he's just you know a cackling mustachioed like. <laughs> dude who ties you up and puts you on train tracks with a bag of money it's like who cares can you imagine Thanos with a Pringles mustache (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine him twirling his mustache with his big (laughs) 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 you won't marry me will you (laughs) (laughs) I'm all stoned (laughs) what did you guys speaking of Thanos' motivations what did you think about how uh, his motivation in the movie compares to the motivations that he's associated with in the comics. Well, I don't know the comics as well because I haven't, like I mentioned, I haven't read anything in Gauntlet or in, or Thanos Quest or anything else. I just knew Thanos as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, but which is, I think, I can give the perspective of, of a moviegoer who doesn't read the comics as much, even though I read comics, I haven't read those. The motivation movie made sense. Mm-hmm. He laid out in a very succinct but rational way of why he believed his mission was noble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in the comics, his motivation again, like we mentioned earlier, it's he's he's basically a poon hound. He's he's just <laughs> trying to. He's like, hey baby, I'll do this for you, and then you be with me, right? <laughs> right? Dude, it sounds like <laughs> that, that rolls off Albert's tongue so naturally. What's That's that? how I talk to women. Yeah, well, hold on, no, Albert's secretly a gangster. <laughs> hey, 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 bay, hey, hey, baby girl, baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, Thanos is. If I was just, a girl, that would woo me. I'm I'm glad because it so far hasn't done anything for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna mess this guy up, and then you'll be with me. I, you see, you see. <laughs> so yeah, but Thanos is basically just a dude trying to impress his girlfriend. You know, that's well, that's wanna be girlfriend. His the guy that or the, not the guy, the girl that he wants as his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. But, um, which is a pretty simple, like, if uh, again, if you take the reductionist look at it, it's a really simple motivation. <laughs> Anybody can relate to that. Yeah. Especially high school boys. Well, I'm a 36-year-old man, and I relate to that, so. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. None of us have grown. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I don't know if I can keep on doing this, guys. <laughs> we we got to take a break. Put it on pause. Put it on pause. <laughs> but his motivation in the movie is essentially... It, it's kind of logical in the sense that he... He looks at the universe as a place with finite resources, mm-hmm. and he basically goes... If the population of the universe continues to grow at the rate that it's growing, there's no way that the population can sustain itself so ultimately by killing half the population i am i am committing a mercy for the population they'll see that once our numbers are reduced that we'll be better off and that's that's essentially his motivation so you also mentioned it's it's also random which 
he's like, he's not picking favorites, not picking rich yeah. or poor or strong yeah. or weak. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's a random lottery of who lives and yeah. who dies. You know, I was talking with one of my friends a couple of days ago. He had seen it on opening night as well. And we were talking about Thanos' motivations. And you know what my friend said about Thanos? It made me laugh. And I want to see what you guys think about this. He said, Thanos is, in regards to Thanos' motivations, he said, Thanos, he's like a compassionate Adolf Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> well... I'm sure Hitler thought he was being compassionate. <laughs> <laughs> Except then I wasn't, wasn't caging people up into a culture camps and doing like a pointless work for him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Kills them. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. He didn't sing out a single group of people either. He's exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. So I guess he's a hero. <laughs> <laughs> he's this not change, a Nazi. <laughs> this changes my viewing of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I wonder if anybody out there is listening to us who hasn't seen the movie yet, and now they're going to go in there thinking, oh, that's the cosmic, <laughs> compassionate Adolf <laughs> So instead of a, uh, a criminal mustache, he's going to have the, yeah. the Hitler yeah, mustache. Yeah, the Hitler stash. <laughs> like, wow, has it really been like, this is like our 11th episode, and that might have been our first Hitler reference. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you planning on making this a habit? <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> I was gonna. I was. Here's what I was gonna say. Was um, there is some element of the comic book motivation for Thanos that truly does. I don't know. Like he's still a madman in both of the uh, representations of himself in the comic and the, in the movie. But there's something almost that almost makes him a religious zealot in the comic book. Hmm. Whereas in the movie, he's really just a pragmatist, you know. Um, yeah, I guess like to go back to, you know, our our earlier discussion of Hitler. <laughs> uh, there, there was that one guy who was captured. Uh, I, I don't remember his name, but he he basically they studied him, and he was basically this guy who who was just so focused on efficiency and making the trains run on time and just he was just so detached from the actual evil deeds that he was doing and so focused on just being good at his job that they even coined the phrase like what was it that um the like the banality of evil or something like that or the mundaneity of evil and mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a good way like I, I'm sorry if I can't like directly quote what what it is but the idea was basically like we constantly view evil as again a mustachioed villain someone who has like monstrous intent or whatever yeah. but sometimes evil isn't that sometimes evil is just a guy in a factory pushing a button and who doesn't say anything about it you know mm-hmm. uh, like you know he he's detached himself from the actual acts that he's committing yeah and i do feel like this version of thanos in the movie is that where he's again he doesn't see himself as well okay i i i wouldn't say he's passionate about what he does in the same way that the comic book version of thanos is where he's like i just want her to love me yeah but his whole thing is like this is this is a necessary evil and it's it's almost cold and mechanical in that sense Mm -hmm. but uh, it's a it's a practicality for him, yeah. you know. Well, he kind of even acknowledges what he's doing. He knows he's killing half the 
Yeah. But, but he believes that yeah. you have to call the herd to make sure that yeah. it, it persists. Yeah. And there's even, like, and this goes to that one moment in the movie where there's one stone that he has to get and in order to the soul gem the soul gem and in order Mm -hmm. to get the soul gem he has to make this sacrifice and it's his surrogate daughter yeah he had to sacrifice something he he loved yeah he had to okay he had to sacrifice something he loved i thought the thing he loved most was it either way it's semantics yeah but yeah it's probably the thing he loves most right Uh but in that moment he shows so much pain and anguish at having to do this but again he he realizes or in his mind he's justified it as a greater good so i don't i don't know which i'd say which version of thanos i like better yeah but it is a difference yeah it's he also makes a remark before he throws gamora together he says i once something like i once stopped myself from doing this before like he made reference to, like how he was in this mission before and he, yeah he, he decided not to do it yeah so somehow this is like his second attempt or hmm. possibly I, like I I didn't catch that or I guess I yeah. forgot so no I, I do remember that where he he basically says I won't make that same mistake yeah, again right yeah like I don't know what that was pointing to but that might be something for the next movie oh yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a good detail yeah. I'll have to pay more attention next time I watch yeah. that movie but could you guys really, uh, did you really believe that he is capable of that love, though? The love for his daughter? His well, that's the thing. Forcibly the comic, adopted daughter? Yeah, I mean, the the comic, again, like, his, his main quest in the comic is to woo death. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's, a, it's a little hard for me because I grew up with those comics and that's kind of the cemented version of Thanos in my mind yeah but that being said I don't really have a problem with this version of Thanos like someone can make the argument that it's not true to Thanos which okay but um I don't feel like it was so egregious or so off that I was outraged that they made that choice yeah you know like I still enjoyed the movie and it was just a moment where I was like, okay, so he's not doing this for that and for because he's not a religious devotee at the altar of death. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hey, you know, he's still a villain. He's still a threat to them. And the story still moves forward and it still has a logic to it. I mean, in comparison, I if I had read a story about Thanos where his whole motivation was because he was just in love with this personification of death, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll kill half the universe because I, I want to get on with this cloaked figure. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I mean, if I was a high school kid, I was like, yeah, do crazy things for love. Sure, that makes sense. But, like, in the context of a movie and being that I'm now, like, ancient, yeah. like, that's a really lame reason to have a villain do something. Well, he was a madman, so it. But, <laughs> but you could look at that as it's not even really about him trying to woo death, per se. It's really just a testament to his madness <laughs> or at least that's how I personally view it I think that's fair okay. yeah. I guess I like this version just because they feel like there's because he has a reason and they don't they give it enough of the reason they don't dwell too much on it but because he has a reason for what he's doing and it, it makes sense it feels like the stakes are higher like he wants to accomplish his mission and the heroes want to stop him from doing so yeah and you're seeing both sides like why he might feel so 
motivated to what he's doing. So even though he's not yeah. a zealot of death, he has his followers, and so in that sense, he is he has created his own faith of like the faith of the preservation of the universe by killing the, half the universe every every now and then. Mm. So I, I like it. I believe I believe that he could love somebody because like just because he wants to kill half the universe doesn't mean he himself yeah. isn't doing things for like he's not just trying to kill because he's like yeah I can kill people <laughs> for because I can. He clearly has a, a purpose and he believes in it, which means he's doing it because he feels compassion for the universe, for people, but he acknowledges that he, for this to persist, yeah. for the universe to exist, he has to do what he has to do. Yeah. He doesn't do it lightly in that sense. So for me, it's like, okay, he clearly is doing things because he loves he loves creation. He has a logic. But in his own, but his own you know, weird way, that's how he loves creation. Yeah. And we see how he meets Gamora when she's a little kid. Yeah. And how he's fascinated by her, like, strength as yeah. a kid. And so when he confronts Gamora later on, we see that he's not tr- he's not just blatantly just like, okay, you betrayed me, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. So we get the sense, like, somehow she's special to him. Yeah. And so by the time they get to the point where he throws her off the cliff, like, yeah, I'm convinced. Even though I haven't seen a Thanos single movie, like, the Thanos movie... I'm convinced, okay, whoever the backstory is, yeah. he has loved her through the life he's trained her, even though he's put through all these trials and hardships and done all these cruel, seemingly cruel things. Yeah. Because in his perception, he's created her to become the greatest, the next greatest warrior, to be as strong as he is, in a sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is that one scene where they're standing on the cliff, where they're standing on the cliff's edge. And, you know, this was before you know, the revelation that Thanos had special affections for her, but it's where Gamora looks at Thanos and she says, you have to, like, so in order for you to get this gem, you have to give up the one thing that you love the most, and isn't that the greatest irony or something like that, where you love nothing but yourself? I mean, to me, that was kind of true to Thanos, or, you know, the the Thanos that I imagine from the comics, but, you know... That was, I guess, the subversion of that character was, oh, he's actually, he actually cares about you. Now you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. actually, once once I heard the Red Skull tell him what he had to sacrifice, Yeah. I pretty was, much figured, yeah. oh, so somehow he's, he's going to sacrifice her, but does that really mean that he loves her? And it was just something that I had to think about. It's something that made me crook my neck a little when I was watching the movie. Yeah. I mean, like, again, it's not something where it threw me out of the movie where I was upset because I was such a Thanos purist where <laughs> I had to say, this isn't what Thanos is! This isn't what he's about! But, you know, <laughs> it did. It was something that I noticed. You know, it would have been funny if you had said that in the theater. <laughs> if you this isn't Thanos! <laughs> you just threw a little temper tantrum in the middle of the movie. <laughs> no! No! I don't like this! <laughs> but I will say this. Um, going as far back as I can remember... Well, no, that's not true. Maybe from Infinity Gauntlet, I remember for the longest time his motivation was, you know, to impress upon Lady Death. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he was like before that, but, you know, so so again, that's maybe that's just a matter of what I grew up with. Yeah. So it's it's hard for me to... You know, I'm flexible on that. Whatever. That's, I, f- that's fair. I also thought that scene was really interesting because he dragged him more to the edge of the cliff kind of like a father drags their impetuous child. Yeah. Like, get in the car. Yeah. No, we're in the car. Yeah. Get in the car. And they yeah. drag him by the arm. It's like, yeah. we need to get this done. Like, I love you and I'm doing this for out of love. Like, Yeah. Do you think Thanos is a good father? Probably not. No. 
another comic that I should mention is Thanos Rising, in which it was written by Jason Aaron, and it's really interesting because in that version, Thanos went across the universe just humping everything and just siring a bunch of children. Mm-hmm. See, kids? Thanos is a deadbeat dad. Sounds like Guardians of the Galaxy 2. <laughs> Peter Cole's father. Basically. Kind of, yeah. Apparently yeah. there are a bunch of beings in the universe who just go around humping things. Yeah. And they're assholes. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, one of the st- stories for, uh, or one of the motivations of Thanos in John Hickman's Infinity was Thanos was trying to find his son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why he was, he was going, because he had so many, so much offspring on all these different planets that he would go to them and basically find all of his all of his uh, children and, and execute them and that's yeah. why he would decimate all these planets leaving them destroyed in his wake and he had a son on earth who was also part inhuman mm. that's why he went to earth that was uh yeah one of the things that infinity war uh, infinity was about the comic right huh okay did they ever say why he was running around like mating with a bunch of random alien women like Captain Kirk from Enterprise? Why does any man do it? Because <laughs> he can. I don't know if every man can. <laughs> That's true. I certainly haven't been able to. <laughs> Earth, Earth day 237.6. This is day 32 on mission to mate with the women of Earth. Um, yeah. I'm going to take a break today because I don't want to This fail. is too depressing. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about uh, the different character interactions that we saw throughout the movie. Because I think that was one of the big sources of entertainment and enjoyment I derived from it. Yeah. This was a movie that... Again, just a culmination of all of the Marvel movies up to this point. So they had to make sure that the spectacle was huge. Mm-hmm. And part of the draw was the idea that, hey, <clears throat> you know all these characters that we've been just kind of putting out sporadically throughout the past 10 years? You're going to see them all interact with each other. Yeah. People that you would have never seen or never expected to talk to other people. We're going to... This is your chance to see it. Yep. Yeah. Like... One of the funniest ones that I can think of is... Well, okay, let me put a little bit of context out there. So the Winter Soldier is from the Captain America part of the universe. And for the most part, if you've seen any of those movies, you recognize that the Winter Soldier is this really grim and gritty, like really based in reality, or, you know, as much as you can be based in reality Mm -hmm. for a comic book movie. Uh, is a character like seriously based in reality? His his entire part of the universe is all about. Um, it's an espionage it's, thriller. Yeah, it's espionage, he's right? A super spy. Yeah, yeah, he's a super spy. So everything about guns and about uh, you know political intrigue stuff like that, right? And then on the other hand, you have this talking space raccoon yeah. <laughs> who goes out on like adventures in space, and there's just this one moment where they're both in the middle of this huge epic battle with these alien creatures and they're just both wielding machine guns and they're just kind of shooting at everybody and they're, they become encircled. So the Winter Soldier just picks uh, Rocket Raccoon up and he basically does his version of back-to-back and he like, just falls around in a circle while, while Rocket is just sh- mowing down every 
alien creature on his end. The Winter Soldier is using his other free hand to mow down all the other alien creatures <laughs> on his end. And it's just this really comical moment of like just two unexpected characters <laughs> coming together. Yeah. 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 That is that was pretty funny. That was, that totally made me laugh. Yeah. It was a great yeah, moment. That was a good one. A lot of the interactions between the characters were really funny and I, I think that's that's what tickled me. I mean, even... But they were uh, also very natural, too. They were. Yeah. They, yeah. Everybody felt like they were in character. And yeah. The, the dialogue was just on point. Yeah. And you got so much of a... Uh, just the, the comedic timing. It was like the beats were just so yeah. perfect. Yeah. I, I think back to that scene when, when the Guardians of the Galaxy first meet Iron Man. Yeah. You got... Uh, they, they have sort of this standoff, right, where... Iron Man has, I guess he's got Drax uh, under his boots. Yeah. And then Star Lord has his gun pointed at Iron Man, and Star Lord's just like, "Where's Gamora?" And then Iron Man's like, "Who is Gamora?" <laughs> and then Drax is just said, "He's I'll like, do you want better?" Yeah. Like, How is Gamora? That's wise Gamora. Why is Gamora? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was funny, dude. That was a great moment. Yeah. Drax had a bunch of good lines like that. Oh, that one scene where he's in the on their ship and he's just acting really quiet when when uh, Gamora and, and Peter Quill are having a moment. Yeah. And they're like, wait, how long have you been there? And he's like, one hour. <laughs> <laughs> he basically says, I can become invisible by moving very slowly. <laughs> and he just... <laughs> so he's trying to eat a bag of chips or something. And like, yeah. Very, very yeah. Slowly, like, like corn nuts or something. Yeah. He's like, my emotions are so slow. They're imperceptible. Yeah. <laughs> That was that was some funny stuff, yeah. man. Speaking of which, the other thing that I thought was worth mentioning, and um, I I think it's sort of subtle, but and this might just be something that I picked up on, but um, or like the way that I perceive it. But so up to this point, you have eighteen other movies, mm-hmm. each with different directors and different styles that are pretty unique unto themselves, and. For this movie, they found a way to combine elements of everybody's movie yeah. to f- for each of their scenes in the film. So it really does feel like it's a combining of... All these different tones. All these rushed. elements. Yeah. yeah. And they don't... They don't, like, ride up against each other or conflict with each other to a point where it's garish or distracting from the actual movie, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, it's not like a Zack Snyder film where it's like, everything in Wonder Woman is bronze. Everything in Batman is, you know, gunmetal gray. (laughs) And, like, it's it's way more subtle than that, you know? But it works so well so that you can have this battle where Doctor Strange, um, you know uses that glass effect, that shattered glass effect, mm-hmm. and, you know, you can still <clears throat> kind of have um, Captain America on Earth with Wakanda, and the, all these things exist together, mm-hmm. you know, and it works. I, I, I thought they did a good job of combining all of, all of those elements. Well, as I understand it, the Russo brothers, or at least Anthony Russo, was the one who helmed the Captain America movies, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, I think, and I think Avengers 4 was also the Russo brothers. Yeah. They they did Civil War, and I'm pretty sure they did Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think they uh, filmed this and Avengers four back to back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Were there any other uh, character interactions that stood out to oh, you guys? Sp- Spider Man and Iron Man, I think, is classic. We we yeah. see obviously Iron Man brings Spider Man into um, into Captain America's Civil War. He says, 
we you know we need something we need a surprise factor the surprise factor yeah and Spider-Man Homecoming features some interaction with him and Iron Man right yeah Peter Parker sees Iron Man as like his role model like somebody who's intelligent yeah. and technology and science wise but also a hero someone who, who wants yeah. to help people they maintain that they uh, ma- yeah dynamic yeah because yeah. like Spider-Man doesn't really know anybody else his whole thing is like because Iron Man has been helping me Iron Man's my 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 guide in all this so when they're fighting, he's like, "All right, I'm gonna tag along." Yeah, mm-hmm. Spider-Man's uh, his protege, basically. Yeah, yeah. And which which works out really well. It does. Especially when it gets to the very end, like the scene with Spider-Man. Yeah. Is far more powerful because Iron Man is there. Yeah. To witness what happens to him. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that was <clears throat> that was a really good scene. That was uh, well acted too. That kid who plays Spider-Man, Tom, Tom Holland. Holland. Yeah, he yeah. he excellent. sold that yeah. for me, man. Just. I mean that that moment when he's like, I don't, I don't feel so go. good. good yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and like, you know, his senses are telling him something crazy is going yeah. on. Yeah, and then just the the fear that he conveyed. Yeah, it's like yeah. that's that's how a, a kid would act. You know, yeah. like that's I believe that. I, yeah. And it, those are the little touches you don't oftentimes see in other movies. Like, oh yeah, he's a kid, he died, and that's it. Like here, it's a kid acknowledges one more time. Like I'm, he's like, it's just saying, I'm too young to die. I don't, I don't want to go. Yeah. yeah, like that was yeah, and just. The way that that moment ends, where he goes, "I let you down." Yeah, I'm sorry, I let you down. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all really moving stuff. It's, especially when Iron Man yeah. brought him into the fold. Yeah, he even gave him back his armor. Yeah, he knighted him as an Avenger, and after all that, he's like, he was responsible for him because then you know he such promised Aunt May. Yeah, he's like I'm gonna yeah. take care of your son. You know, and <clears throat> nope. Yeah, he, he failed. Literally him. failed. Yeah, and let a kid get killed. That was pretty heavy, man. Yeah, it was. Um, but uh, other interactions that were good was Star Lord and Thor. Oh, I was saying, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Are you dipping your voice? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> it's a moment that was super true to Peter Quill. The Peter Quill, yeah. like, um, oh, what's his name? What's the actor's name? Um, Chris Pratt. Chris, Chris Pratt, Pratt's yeah. version of Star Lord. Yeah. Because. I'll acknowledge that going into Guardians of the Galaxy, I had really no preconceived notion of what Star Lord Star Lord was like or what he was about. But since these movies, I I can say that whatever I think of Star Lord, I think of Chris Pratt yeah. Star Lord. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like I, he's such a blank slate. He's such a blank slate before that that Chris Pratt nails it. Yeah, you know, two things. One is I never read any Guardians of the Galaxy comic books. Same but here. I also have never seen anything with Chris Pratt in it. I think he was in the show called Community. Yeah. Yeah. No. Which Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Park, okay. But I still haven't seen it. So all I knew is Chris Pratt is this good actor, whatever it is. Yeah. He now used what, to be in that uh, show Everwood. Remember I've Everwood? Never seen Everwood. No. No. It was a CW drama. <laughs> never saw it. It was written by comics people too, right? Or no? Greg Berlanti okay. created yeah. that show. He's a big Green Lantern fan, from what I remember. And I think he and he's behind all the, the CW shows. Yeah, that's yeah, what I think. Yeah. I think he does a lot of those DC shows. Yeah, he does. He's. I think he's a genius when he does. But, um, yeah. But going into Guardians of the Galaxy, I didn't know who Chris Pratt really was. I'd never seen anything with him. Yeah. In fact, I think the only actress I had any familiarity with was Zoe Saldana. Yeah, she's she was in a couple. She was in Star Trek before that. Yeah, she was in Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I get Chris Pratt's, you know, Star Lord. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. He's this rogue character who grew up who grew up in the community of smugglers and yeah. gangsters. He's gonna be snarky, he's gonna be like yeah. a little cold, a little selfish. He's a rebel, baby. He's a rebel. Yeah. 
So when he does that scene with Thor, it makes that's sense. True to yeah. him. that's true to Chris Pratt. He's got a very sensitive ego. Yeah, yeah. It's it's awesome. Like, it was funny. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> so the scene is basically Thor shows up and he's just this paragon of a man. Yeah. This yeah. intimidating like he's a god. Yeah. You know. Especially when Gamora yeah. talks about how his muscles are like this. Yeah. Because some like strong metal or. or is, well, yeah. I think Drax put it best where he goes. Where Star Lord is like, I have he's a dude, and Star Lord go or uh, Drax goes, he's not a dude, you're a dude. He's this a is man. a man. <laughs> I love Drax, man. So everyone's, so many great lines. everyone's just marveling at this, uh, you know, this god made, uh, this god on Earth, right? And but then Peter Quill is just, you know, he 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 acts in the way that any dude would, a little insecure. Yeah. So he's the cap- he's the captain of his ship. Yeah, and he wants to be like the the man, man. Yeah. But he's just yeah. a dude. So he starts. You know, he starts trying to act up the man part, and like he's deepening his voice and being like, "No, I'm the captain of this ship." <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I also yeah. liked how Thor kept calling Rocket a rabbit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was cute. <laughs> and Rocket's like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. I would say that the strongest, the so you know, with an ensemble cast as large as this, it's hard to give everyone equal time the best you can do is kind of pick out a couple of people that Mm -hmm. you can kind of make focal points of the story and then give everybody else small moments that show their relevance if not importance right so I would say that the kind of focal points of this movie was Thor Doctor Strange Iron Man Iron Man definitely I would even say Banner yeah Banner yeah definitely Banner and Star-Lord and Star-Lord yeah yeah so like yeah, and every, basically everybody. Oh, well, Vision too, I guess, right? Or uh, I didn't feel like there was that much in his in terms of character development. It was more just like he was kind of a plot device. He was integral to the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. But definitely everybody. Like again, back to what I was saying earlier. Like everybody was used sparingly and with intent. Yeah. It never felt like anybody was wasted. Even. Captain America was a part of the film, and I wouldn't say that he was necessarily out front a lot of the times, yeah. but it never felt like he wasn't properly utilized. Exactly. You know? Yeah. No, he was the leader of the of the ground forces. Yeah. He was yeah. the heart and soul of, of the Avengers on and when they were battling Wakanda. Yeah. But it was also nice to like see like from yeah. when we saw Black Panther just came out recently yeah. in February, like mm-hmm. seeing some of the main characters from the walk from Black Panther movie, like Mabaku was there. Yeah. yeah. And the leader, Corey, yeah. she's the leader of the Dormelage. Yeah, and the fact that she and uh, Black Widow were were yeah, they have that were, back. Yeah. To, like, yeah, that was a cool team back up to back too. Yeah. or whatever. So like <laughs> Sherry was in it. Yeah, yeah. So like you said, they used the characters when they need to be used. Yeah, but they also had like like I don't want to say like oh, like a, like a spike of like now they're here and now you don't see them. Yeah, they had the role to play in yeah. in the part they were necessary for. Yeah. yeah. The Russo uh, brothers were excellent. Yeah, even like this. Wong was such a good was relevant for when he was relevant. Yeah, when he yeah. was when he knew that he was out of his league and he had to like do his thing. He like he had a reason too. Yeah. He had to the, he had to protect, protect the Sanctum Centaurum. Yeah. Exactly. So, Especially now with Doctor Strange is gone and the uh, yeah. Avagamoto is gone off of Earth. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. who knows what hell will break loose? Do you uh, have any thoughts on? So, seeing as how this is a movie that's a translation of multiple comic book stories to the big screen do you have any thoughts on what that transition looked like or how that transition was executed uh i think in terms of 
its influences. It they did the right thing by not being slavish to the source material. Mm. I think they kept it pretty true to the spirit yeah. and heart of it. Particularly uh, the Infinity Gauntlet. I think with Infinity uh, by Hickman. I like how they kept some of the the trappings of that story, where Thanos had an army, Thanos had his his uh, his children, his his yeah, generals, yeah. and they they invade Earth, and only <coughs> only the Avengers can can stop them. Yeah, that's that's one thing I liked uh, about what you're talking about, and I think uh, in terms of how the story was structured as a combination of all these different elements. What it really reminds me of is the the modern event comic. Yeah. So can you give so for our viewers or listeners who might not follow comics too much, can you kind of give them an idea of what a quote unquote event comic is? Yeah. So an event comic is typically a, a mini series that comes out uh in the middle of the year, usually during the summertime. Uh and it's meant to be something that propels the entire uh, universe forward, the entire line of Marvel yeah. Comics forward, by throwing all the different characters from the different series together. And they've they've got some some major uh, threat that they've got to deal with. Yeah. I mean, the Infinity Gauntlet comic we mentioned earlier. That's an example of an event comic, and yeah. then Civil War. That's an event comic. Uh, you, you know, yeah. pretty much this entire. These entire past, uh, like, 10, 12 years or so. We've seen just, you know, it's been event a, comic after event yeah, comic. We we're kind of in that yeah. age where comics are so editorially driven that yeah. event comics co happen constantly. Yeah. Uh, I think to the detriment of the of the form, actually. But yeah. Didn't it start, like, with House of M, where it started becoming an annual thing? I'd say that was the first one of this current wave. House yeah. of M, uh, I mean... Maybe even theoretically, you could say uh, Avengers, Avengers disassembled. disassembled. Mm. Yeah, back I think that was in two thousand four, and then House of M <clears throat> must have been two thousand five. I, yeah, yeah, I okay, think. Sure, yeah. I would say that if you're gonna look at it from a kind of cynical business perspective, the point of an event comic is to remind people that hey, all of our characters exist together. Yeah. And, you know, we're gonna try to generate money by throwing <laughs> them in this exactly. big story. It, it, the whole point of it is. The whole point of these event comics are to sell more comics, yeah. and I think that's why people uh, often denigrate them. Sometimes, rightfully so, because yeah. these aren't necessarily great. They're not stories. all good. Yeah, they're <laughs> not all good comics. But the f the fact that Marvel and DC have these event comics where they try to make it sound like these comics, these stories really matter, so you yeah. have to read these. And if you want to get, will ever be the same again after this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and not only that, but if you want to get the full story. The full <laughs> scope of everything that's going on. You gotta check out Captain America. You gotta check yeah. out Iron Man. You gotta read the Hulk. Go buy a couple copies of Spider Man. Yeah, you'll have the actual miniseries, which is you know six to eight issues, and then they've gotten to a point where they even give you checklists where they go, <sighs> you want to follow what happens to Spider Man while this is going down. Yeah, you can go read those comics, and then you want to know what happens to the Black Panther while while they're doing this. He's not just doing his laundry. He's doing something, too. Go yeah. read that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, I think the fact that they do it so often now makes it tiresome. Yeah. Because you know it's just a cash grab. Sometimes 
you know, maybe the story can turn out okay. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, uh, whatever. It hurts because they do it, again, like, so often. So people get event fatigue. How many times can the universe, like, how many times can the status quo never be the same again? Yeah. It's like, it's like reading Star Wars books, and it's yeah. like, Every single time, it's like this big new galactic threat that only Luke Skywalker and, and yeah. friends can, yeah. can stop. How yeah. many times can a man single-handedly, realistically save the galaxy? Yeah. I mean, let's see how many big major galaxy-wide threats can there really be <laughs> yeah. every single year. Yeah. But that being said, like, this movie... This movie does try to emulate the best version of that. Yeah. You I know? Think when it works, it works. Because I think what makes event comics work is when they're fun yeah because you have to expect them to be loud maybe even occasionally dumb but, yeah but at the end of the day they're just meant to be entertaining and they're meant to be fun yeah and whether or not you buy all the tie-ins and the crossover issues hopefully i think well i think the best stories are the ones where you can actually follow the entire story you know within if they make a collected edition it's not going to take like six or seven different soft covers to collect everything yeah yeah, it. I I think the fact that their movies does alter our how we kind of digest the event yeah. aspect of it. So like with a comic, you we're buying like if you really want to read the full story, you have to buy again uh, comics across the line, mm -hmm. and then on top of that, there's been build up for this for you know several so you, years back. So yeah. you might even have to go further back to get other past you events want the backstory yeah. yeah but with the movie like they can't you know in terms of how they produce the movie they can't do that all the time you know like so we're only following 18 movies but this is 18 movies over 10 years yeah so i'm not straining myself to follow that you yeah, know exactly. like i can watch those movies or i can not i can just kind of remember them or i can read the wikipedia yeah, uh, yeah. you know uh synopses and i'm fine yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. or even if you talk about like the other marvel property like agents of shield or like daredevil and jessica jones like agents of shield had in the i think it was friday's episode yeah had a passing reference to did you hear what's happening in new york and that was it yeah oh so you can watch them or you can not watch yeah. them and with the comics they make it sound like it's integral that you know what the X-Men and the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man were doing while the Avengers were doing this thing because, you know, whatever. And, and oftentimes you read those tie-in issues and, like, nothing actually happens that's even central to the main event. It's just like... Yeah. yeah. It's just the main event is oh, happening okay. concurrently in yeah. this timeline. Cyclops and, and Storm and Wolverine are beating up some scrolls. Yeah. You know? That's their tie-in, exactly. <laughs> but, it's pretty silly. But, yeah. but I think, again, going back to what event comics do do right is the spectacle absolutely because just seeing all these characters that you don't normally see interacting yeah. with each other when they're done well when these stories are done well they're fun yeah they're the characters feel like who they are in their own series but they're just interacting in yeah. a new situation with different allies with a different cast and there's a lot of spectacle and i think the the typical pattern of an event comic is you have a little bit of build up in one issue and then you have some spectacle then you have a little bit more build up and then you got more spectacle and it just keeps on going until yeah. at the very end you just see the most spectacular spectacle that yeah. can be spectacized <laughs> <laughs> you like that i do we I created made up, a new I word, a word. <laughs> trademark yep spectacized <laughs> but yeah it's true once we 
build up to it, it's just it's the culmination of just all that preparatory work just to see the biggest explosion yeah. that you can see. <laughs> and you don't you don't even need very much exposition for these kind of stories. There's in the sense that you don't need to know all the backstories for all the characters. If you're if you're reading a good event comic, you're you're not gonna feel like, oh hey, I'm missing something from the story's backstory because I didn't read Amazing Spider-Man number yeah. six hundred two. Yeah, you know, absolutely. No, that's actually a good point because in the in in Avengers: Infinity War, they actually where they need to, they make a quick reference to like Loki and Thanos. Like they make yeah. reference to like you work for me for like we. You need to have watch Avengers one all over yeah. again to yeah. remember this. When Spider Man, Iron Man, like you get the clear sense that when they're acting like okay, Iron Man is the yeah, one. Yeah, they've who, got some sort of relationship. Yeah. You understand that, that's but it's their not dynamic. relevant to the movie. It's yeah. just it's there to enhance the movie if you already seen yeah. the movies. Exactly. And all it's what carries it is you get clearly from the acting that there's something on between them as a role model and so forth. Mm-hmm. Gamora and Peter Quill, you understand there's that they have. A romantic interaction and that Gamora is the, the adopted daughter of Thanos they make that one yeah. very clear in, the, in this yeah. movie so that's a good point you make is that yeah. yeah, you don't need to know the back of the other movies you could literally go yeah. to this movie and say I don't know who these characters are but I'll get enough information f- as the movie progresses to get invested to understand w- yeah. their interactions and, mm-hmm. and like have like be you know connected to them but I have to say that there is some element of that that you can't escape anyways because you know this this movie is built on 10 years of history, so there's no yeah, getting I mean, around if, that. It is if, what it is. If somehow you don't know who or what Iron Man is, you might be kind of perplexed, but yeah. at the same time, I don't think it's rocket science either. It's not. It's not. So, I do think this is a good point to transition to kind of how critics took this movie. or Yeah, and I think... A lot of critics, I call them civilians because they don't read comics. <laughs> they ain't soldiers in our war. <laughs> what are you going to do back in the world, Drew? Because <laughs> I read some reviews from, from professional critics and they weren't too favorable because, you know, typical things that you would look for in a, in a normal, quote-unquote normal movie, yeah. things like... Uh, character development because to be honest there really isn't too much character development in this the film. characters they're, are fully developed yeah already. they're already yeah. they're already developed and they're yeah. just on an adventure right now yeah. i mean a handful of characters have arcs yeah i think uh you see that with with iron man a little bit uh <clears throat> banner i mean obviously thanos yeah. yeah maybe even you could say uh with, with dr strange a little bit but like for the most part these aren't really super deep character arcs either they're, they're just they're just you know a little bit of build-up that's how i would characterize it yeah it's just a little bit of build-up but but every character gets even though they may not get any r- real character development they all get a little bit of love they all get a yeah. moment in the film where yeah they can shine and yeah. you can just have fun watching them and I, I think the other thing that critics didn't like was how the story basically ends with the tease and the promise of another story that yeah. you have to watch. Yeah. Which, again, is a pretty typical trait of event comics because event comics, yeah, they have, an, they have a clearly defined ending, but at the end of the day, Marvel and DC, they want you to buy more comics. Yeah. So it's never really the end in the sense that there's some great finality, but it's yeah. the end in the sense that it's the end of this story, but if yeah. you want to find out what happens next, stay tuned, true believers. Yeah. But it doesn't end in a cliffhanger in a sense. It, it does end. Like, if they said, okay, we're not going to make any more Marvel movies, 
this was the last fight the Avengers ever had, and they lost. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's true. That if you're kind heavy. of a downer, you can just yeah. not watch any more movies. Yeah, you can be like, wow. That was a great like, dark we lost. movie. <laughs> we lost, baby. We like, did it. <laughs> after all that, after all that, you know the Avengers, they yeah. lost this one fight they had to win, and that's it. Yeah. We're done with making Marvel movies. It really, uh, just to go back to what you were saying a little mm-hmm. earlier, it really does feel like what the critics had to say. It's it's really, their their entire focus seems to be on like self-containment. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, how, how how can I be sure that this is the first time I've ever seen this movie and like, yeah. I get everything and like, you know, I, I don't feel like I have to be lost to it or whatever. I, you and know, I feel like if you're the kind of person who, who feels like you have to watch 18 movies before you watch this movie, you know, that's the kind of anal retentiveness that we don't really need. You shouldn't yeah. be watching movies, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like it's just like how do you live? How do you operate in the world like well, that? You, you know how like the Marvel will on occasion do like um, straight to to DVD animated movies. Yeah, if they made this one into an animated movie, we're like we're gonna just give you the ensemble of the Avengers and the Marvel cast characters, you wouldn't be saying anything. I wish they made eighteen other movies of each individual character before <laughs> I saw this one. You'd be like, yeah. okay, I get a sense of who the Avengers are. I get it's a motley collection of yeah. these characters in this universe, and they're all interacting. Yeah. So if you want to talk. Uh, in, you know, self-contained. It is self-contained in that sense. Like we're talking about it. Like you don't need to necessarily see those yeah. in the movies. It it helps in the sense of like if you enjoy them and you like, yeah. want to get more backstory, then great, go for it. Yeah. But you don't really lose anything. And yeah, there maybe there isn't much character development. But like yeah. on the flip side, so let's suppose they isolated a few characters to to develop fully, right? Yeah. Then you'd have this huge deviation, like. Well, these characters are being developed, and then these other characters just then makes it makes the other characters seem so like you can say diminished, diminished. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because can, why then they're just then they become like filler. Whereas mm-hmm. now, because only certain few characters get some development, yeah. But it's not so drastic. Every character who has a role, you feel in that scene they shine, but they also you carry they also carry the the weight they need to from scene yeah. to scene. Everybody feels equally yeah. important. Yeah. I was gonna say like they could have filled this movie with exposition. Where, like, guys are just talking randomly, <laughs> like, talking to themselves. Just, it's I'm like, going to think aloud <laughs> so that you all know what I'm thinking and you get to learn the backstory of like all a, this. Like a Shakespeare play or something. Yeah, like, just a bunch of monologues or sonnets or whatever. And <laughs> there could have been a Greek chorus to the yeah. side. Dude, man. It would have been awful. Avengers with sonnets? I don't know. <laughs> Avengers with sonnets? Yeah. Dude, that's a mashup dude, right for the money, dude. I could see if I was being a poet. Yeah, totally, yeah. man. I don't know if I would want to sit through that. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be waxing poetic while he's smashing people around. Yeah, yeah. That could be entertaining. It, it depends on the length of it. Okay? <laughs> it depends on the length of it. So no, like, if no, he's having, very like, long like, what, what if everybody in the movie spoke in iambic pentameter? <laughs> <laughs> if he has this long Maccabean like, sort of soliloquy where yeah. he's just discussing, my father was murdered by my brother and I am now driven mad by it. <laughs> like, I, I couldn't. To be or not to be? <laughs> not to be. <laughs> I did have this conversation with a friend of mine uh, yesterday where we were discussing it and I would say she's a civilian, mm-hmm. quote unquote. You have a female friend. Yeah, believe it or not, <laughs> Albert interacts with women. I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. She's, she's my male delivery person. <laughs> <laughs> I wait out there every morning for her to deliver packages just so I can interact with a woman. So she brings you the package. Yes. <laughs> so uh, she was telling me that 
This movie, she found the idea of Avengers Infinity War a little daunting because she didn't want to watch this movie and be confused by it, Mm -hmm. seeing as how there's so much history to it. And the conversation that I was having with her, I, I was basically saying like, well, you know what? I can admit that this isn't the sort of movie that's necessarily built for everyone. As a comics fan, I do think this was made for me. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Or even as a person who's a fan of the movies, yeah. I think it's definitely something that they can follow. But you have to want to follow it. Because she was telling me, well, I feel like before I watch the movie, I need to, you know, go and watch the other ones and kind of take notes. I mean, she didn't actually say take notes, but it basically <laughs> sounded like that's what she was saying was, oh, I need to make notes of what the character dynamics is, who's who's in love with who, who hates who, what's each of their motivations. And when she was describing it to me like that, I I have to admit that didn't sound appealing to me at all. It just sounded like homework. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I, I just told her, I, I just said, you know what, if you feel like you have to do that much extra work in order for you to enjoy this, maybe it isn't for you, you know? Mm-hmm. like if. Well, the first question would be like, if she didn't watch the other movies, then she clearly isn't that interested in watching the other movies. Then yeah, then she's not going to think out of watching this. Exactly, and that's regardless. Fair. Yeah. And that's fair. Like, and I wouldn't even say that she's not a fan of the other movies, but but has she movies, seen them? Yeah, movies. But movies to her are just kind of a throwaway thing. She went in, she had her experience, and that was kind of. See, I can't see. I don't get that. See, I can't do that. I, this is why I don't watch movies as much as I used to. When I had more free time, yeah. I could process movies, even like the really dumb, stupid ones. Yeah. I would still think through to understand like what made them fail, what made them so terrible. Yeah. Like the idea of paying twelve dollars to see a movie just to spend an hour and a half to two and a half hours just pure mild, escapism. Just pure escapism is like yeah. I, I could just pick up a crappy romance novel if that's what I wanted and. And then hate my life, you know. Well, you don't need to pick up a crappy romance novel in order to hate your life. It makes you feel a little, <laughs> little better, though. <laughs> he's got you there, man. No, he's got you. <laughs> but I need my escapism, so for a moment I can think my life's a little bit better. And then I was, no, no, it's not. But I, I just wanted to say that, yeah. I mean, like, if if you're the kind of person that feels like they need to go and do that, like you know, have a logbook of all of their relationships and how they got to this, then yeah, maybe you shouldn't watch this yeah, movie. This, this is just a Hollywood blockbuster. You know, yeah. it's, it's, an, it's a spectacle. Just enjoy a spectacle. Well, yeah. But my other... The I'm wor- not going to, like, crap on someone for... I'm not crapping her. I'm just more curious to, like, entertainment. Not her, but, like, the people who think like her. Like Even so. Going into this movie, she must have seen Avengers 1 and 2 and Captain America Civil War. Yeah, but that was... but. Again, this is my 10 years is, worth of no, movies. But my point is, is, it, is, was she surprised by the fact that she would have to like have go into the movies having some recollection of these characters? That's what she felt she needed to do. Like, If you're watching the first Avengers movie, then her perspective would be like, oh, I need to have paid attention during the other movies to yeah. know what's going on here. So, so it sounds like she's surprised by it. She had to pay attention before. I don't think she was surprised by it, but it's just people don't have long memories so there are things that people forget and you know for them i'd say well i mean if that's not your if that's not your form of entertainment or that's not how your memory works then like i wouldn't bend over backwards to try to make it so that you can appreciate this movie on that level like right right you know so, I, just, I just wonder if that's her excuse when she was watching the other like ensemble movies well here's here's the 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 
the comparison that I made for her. I was saying, you watch these Korean dramas where they can last, you know, anywhere from 10 episodes to like 80 episodes, but either way, you have to memorize or ingrain all of the history and the character arcs and the character dynamics, and you have to like keep those in mind in order for you to fully appreciate the story when you get to the end of the 80 episodes or whatever. But that that process only works for you because you want to follow mm -hmm. this story. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you could say you wanted to follow the Avengers film in the sense that, oh, I paid money for this, so I clearly wanted to enjoy that experience. But, like, you weren't you invested into this. Yeah, film. exactly. If you weren't invested into it, then, like... Not emotionally invested. Not emotionally, yeah, yeah exactly. Then, you know, that it is what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend to someone, yeah, you uh, should borrow all those films from Blockbuster and uh, <laughs> Blockbuster yeah <laughs> and go back take notes take rigorous notes so that you can sit in the theater and like try to chart out like an org chart of who likes who who hates who and who wants to get what from who well, <laughs> you know I'll still recommend they should watch the movies again at least yeah. most of them they could skip Dark World but like you know again like if if that's the way that you experience it, like... Well, I'm, not uh, saying, I'm not saying take notes. I'm saying it's not a bad recommendation. That, hey, you should rewatch those good Marvel movies. Have fun. I would recommend watching them just because they're good movies. But yeah. I wouldn't say that they're somehow a prerequisite to oh, enjoy no. yeah. this movie. I'd say enjoy yeah. this movie and then go back if you want to watch the other ones. Yeah, because I think a lot of times <clears throat> people feel that uh, they have to have read or watched all the old stuff before they can jump in yeah. on whatever is hot right now. But to be honest, uh, some of... My favorite stories that I've ever gotten into, like I jumped in in the middle of them, yeah. like some TV shows or comic book series, where I, I, I read, you know, I started reading a random issue of, of yeah. something and and I discovered, hey, this is good. Like I don't yeah. necessarily know all the history and the context, but now that I've read this one, I'm yeah. gonna go out there and yeah. check out those those old trade paperbacks and yeah. and you know read it from the beginning because I want to. Yeah, exactly. And like that's kind of what I was saying is. You have to want to at but, the end of yeah. the day. But you also have to be paying attention. If you go into the movie just being like, okay, I'm going to hang out with some friends. We're going to pay some money to go sit at a flashy screen for two hours and walk out and be like, I don't really know what happened. Yeah. Then they're not really watching a movie for the German. You're watching a movie because it's just something to do. But that's what a lot people, of people do. do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and I would say that you guys are slightly more sophisticated comics readers yeah in the sense that you well, just i'm just i'm just shrewd if i'm gonna spend money on something i'm i'm gonna decide whether or not i actually enjoyed it or not to decide if i want to ever see it again or do anything with it again yeah i mean that's fair uh, i'm but you know hey different strokes for different folks but like i said you're you guys like like you were saying drew you can mm -hmm. easily just kind of jump in you're willing to take a chance on jumping in on something mid-story yeah and seeing what your level of interest is yeah and then discerning from what you've just read or processed where you want to go with that exactly you know exactly. most people not that much so kind of rigid a lot of people i guess can be a little anal about things about yeah. watching things and reading things in order yeah which is i would prefer to do that too of course but sometimes if it's not like readily available yeah. you know am i am i really gonna go to blockbuster and dig out my vhs player <laughs> so i can watch all of the old marvel yeah. movies on on a video. Would, does Blockbuster even exist anymore? 
I think there's one out there somewhere in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> really? No, I remember just... Oh, yeah, there there's a Twitter account for the last blockbuster, yeah. isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing some news thing where they were like, there's still, like, some of them... So, basically, Blockbuster just kind of imploded on itself as an entity. Yeah. But there are still a couple of stores around that just it's a, it's, kind of... It's a holdout, kind of like, yeah. you know, Japanese yeah. soldiers after <laughs> World War II yeah. were alone and stranded on some remote yeah. islands. They didn't hear that the war was over. Yeah, their employees come out of the store, like, you know, 20 years after the fact, disheveled and, like, They're kind like, of insane. What, what is streaming? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix! <laughs> Yeah. So do you think that uh what would you say to somebody who said I don't think I'll check out this movie because their reviews were bad? Um I don't think that that's a good enough excuse to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like know yourself as a consumer of entertainment and you know, make your decision based on that. Mm-hmm. Like think for yourself and, you know, if you want to take a chance on it, then take a chance on it out of intellectual curiosity mm-hmm. or out of desire. But if the only way that you can make a decision is based on, you know, what somebody else says or what the masses say, it, you're not giving it a fair chance, man. Yeah, listen to what we say. Yeah. That's, I agree with that, but I'll disagree with Albert on, well, on both counts, yeah. Well, because sometimes when I'm thinking, like, I have maybe a few hours and I want to check a movie out in a week, I'll see what came out recently in yeah. good reviews. And the reviews are not very good. I'll be more inclined to not want to spend money and my time to watch a movie in a theater that I could be like, you know, I can probably watch it later on when it's being streamed or I can access it yeah. much more conveniently. Because my enjoyment of most movies doesn't depend on me going to a big screen theater and getting it in my face. Because yeah. like, something like Avengers, which I know is geared towards... Like, having more special effects being bombastic the theater experience for me is where I really enjoy that you know yeah. event if you're watching more of a dramatic movie something that I can really watch on a smaller screen and still get the story that I want out of it I'm more inclined to be like okay the reviews are, are mediocre I'll check it out on my own time later on when it's more convenient for myself and then I'll decide whether or not I like it mm-hmm. that but, makes sense I mean if you're but I won't be like I won't be hand down like I won't ever watch this movie ever like, there have been some really terrible horror movies I've seen that I'm like, I won't pay money to watch these in theater. But, like, if I'm bored, I'm curious. I want to check out what this horror universe is. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's it's blah, you know? At the end of the day, do what you want to do. Like, even, I would say there are a bunch of movies that critically were, you know, panned, but I still wanted to watch them, and well, I ended up watching them. there was a Netflix movie, I think it was Bright, that was critically oh, panned. Yeah, yeah. And almost hands-on, everybody who watched it had fun with it. I watched it, and I thought it was, it was it was a great blast. It was Will Smith being Will Smith. I had fun with it, and I would watch the sequel. Yeah. Um, they're making it. It made money. Yeah. It got views. But it got tons of views. If somebody says, I'm not going to watch this movie in the theaters because it got bad reviews, I'm like, that's that's a fine call. You, you decided what's worth your time and money for you, but if you're saying I won't see it ever at all because it got a bad reason, yeah, like, it's a stupid reason. Like, were you curious <laughs> to watch it? If the answer is yes, then yeah, just watch yeah. it. And when... I think that's the thing. If you're interested in watching a movie, you should just watch it. Yeah, yeah. When, yeah. and just watch when it's coming for you. You don't have to pay the twelve dollars yeah, yeah. for it if you want to. You can stream it illegally guess, or something. You know. Yeah. And in regards to I'm not supporting legal inf- streaming. <laughs> <laughs> and in regards to Infinity War, I would say if this is a movie that you're interested in seeing, you should definitely yeah. see it because yeah. if you're definitely. interested in watching it, you're gonna have fun. Yeah. Like I. I can almost guarantee that. Yeah. Like, 
there's no I can't think of any reason why you wouldn't enjoy this if you already like the Marvel movies and yeah. you want to watch this movie absolutely but I think that's a key part I think anybody who's curious about it is somebody who's actually seen at least a few of the Marvel movies and said hey you know those are actually pretty cool and fun yeah which at that point it's like huh a movie where they just throw in a bunch of like big name actors big name characters I'm actually this person yeah. I'm with I'm like that is enough for me for me to be curious about now granted like just that came out last year and that was DC's ensemble movie the only reason why I even bothered watching was because intellectual curiosity intellectual curiosity and because Joss Whedon ended up taking it over and I was curious to see what he did to salvage the movie did you notice his touch oh I felt like I noticed his touch like I felt like the good parts were him but you could still mm -hmm. tell like the Zack Snyder influence was there and I think we talked about this where I was like you could you could tell like there were shifts in tone and shifts in like like what they wanted to do with the storyline like he salvaged what he could like it's watchable mm-hmm Whereas you can, I can watch Avengers. <laughs> you heard it here, kids. Justice League is watchable. So, <laughs> yeah, you can literally watch it. If you have eyes, yeah. you're doing what the movie intended you to do. <laughs> In contrast, <laughs> it's, it's watchable where your eyes. Man, won't. I wish I got to write blurbs on its Blu-ray. Your eyes can perceive what they're putting on screen. That happens with a blurb on the DVD. It's watchable by shadism. Yeah. No, it's like when you watch like Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, like Batman v Superman, I would say is also on some movie. Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman show up, mm -hmm. uh, and I was bored. Like we're talking about an action movie that's supposed to have really great special effects, and I was bored. And if my eyes could bleed from watching a movie, they would have bled. I wouldn't even say they had great or even good special effects. No, it, was yeah. supposed to, it was supposed to it was have. Bad. It was supposed to yeah. have good special effects. The idea yeah. of, like this movie, like that's what Zack Snyder's all about, right? He's supposed to like make this like. And you're like, you're just like, oh, this is painful. It's gorish. It's garish. It's it's everything that makes you feel bad about watching a movie. Mm -hmm. And you're like, and then just like had moments where you're like, like you could almost feel like you could be bored, but like it had enough going on where we didn't made it fun and interesting at some point. So you're like, okay, I'm going to watch this, and I, and I can survive this and not actually be bored. Then you watch Avengers, and even though there's no character development, even though like you know what's happening, like mm -hmm. we've already seen these characters' backstories. From the opening sequence, which was explosive, but also very well acted. Like, it was dramatic, it was strong. Yeah, yeah. And it had everyone. It had humor that was well-timed, you know, compared to, like, Last Jedi's sense of humor, which was, I felt, poorly timed. Everything hit its mark when it had to without feeling like it was sloppy or overly silly. Like, it had very human moments, and, like, the whole time, I felt engaged. We were talking about this afterward, like, you was like, I thought it was three hours worth of movie, not because I felt it was... Like a stretch of a movie it was just so much had happened yeah. that by the time I finished like man that was epic yeah. but it had only yeah. been like two and a half hours yeah. like I was more excited by this movie than I was by Lord of the Rings which was supposed to be more of a dramatic intense movie mm -hmm. like those movies you could feel their length here it's yeah. like you don't feel it's like it just feels like so much had happened that like I wanted it to be three hours I wanted to yeah. feel like I had paid money to watch this three hour epic where these characters were like engaged in this like universal like conflict and like I was hooked yeah yeah speaking of uh, Infinity War going back to uh, our topic um, <laughs> what did you guys think about the ending of the I movie? thought that was an awesome way to end the movie I was a bit confused as to where he was at the ending was that Titan? Oh. <laughs> <Who's Thanos? laughs> yeah so if you've ever read Infinity Gauntlet um the comic ends on this note where after everything that Thanos has done 
and after they set everything right, Thanos retires to a farm where he just decides, I'm just gonna, you know what, I've had my fun, I've had my fill, I'm just gonna become a small farmer on this planet and, you know, live the simple life. Yeah. And that's essentially what Thanos does. There's a line in the movie where he says, when I've done what I have what I need to do, and I'm paraphrasing, but he, he says something to the effect of, I'll, I'll watch a sunrise over... Uh, a merciful universe or something like that something like that yeah, yeah I, remember or, that. I remember yeah what you're talking about yeah and that's that's that in that final scene where you see him and you don't even see all of him you just see his face as he's watching this sunrise it's a moment of satisfaction for him he did what he needed to do yeah he won but what planet was he on that's what i was trying to figure out uh, I don't, I yeah. don't know if we could really okay. tell. Yeah. I, I wasn't, but it wasn't Titan because Titan was devastated, right? Which you mentioned yeah. earlier, like as to why it ended up being devastated. Yeah, yeah. I, I, okay. I don't think that's, yeah. But I thought that was a, that was a great ending. Like he did what he wanted to do. Now he's happy about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He feels the universe is yeah. now in a place where it can redevelop. If you're a fan of like sad, depressing endings. You can not watch any more Avengers movies after this, and yeah. this will this will be the realest thing that you've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> but is it sad and depressing because he's smiling at the very end? It depends if you're rooting for the Avengers yeah. or Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you identify with? Yeah, exactly. I guess if you make the argument that Thanos is the protagonist and the Avengers are all antagonists. They're just ants getting in his way. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of the ending? I, th- I loved it too. I yeah. think it ended on a downbeat note that I I wasn't entirely expecting because because to be honest, when I was watching the movie, I, I didn't look at my watch or anything, so yeah. I, I really lost all sense of time. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if that was, was the ending. Yeah, like when it yeah. when it when it ended when the credits came on, I was like, oh, it's over. Yeah. Uh, but up to that point, I was just like I said, I was enjoying the spectacle, man. Um, like that, those final battle scenes were really something something yeah. to watch like I, I liked it when thor came out and <laughs> he returns to earth and with stormbreaker yeah with stormbreaker he's just going nuts with his yeah. powers because <laughs> so rarely do you ever see thor unleash his full fury like yeah. that well, especially in, since thor ragnarok when he re- when he discovered realized he actually had the power inside of him like exactly. he was a yeah. god yeah and and now in uh infinity war you know he's, he's flying around Blasting lightning from his hammer and his body, yeah. destroying all these gigantic dropships. It, it totally reminded me of that scene in the Ultimates comic when yeah. you have mm. Thor taking out these Chitari uh, capital ships with his lightning. Yeah, it's just he's just causing massive just destruction on health. a widespread scale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he yeah. he truly comes off as a as a person of mass destruction. Yeah, yeah. I will say this, um, just. For a little bit of context i had heard from you drew that mm-hmm. they weren't going to do so they had announced that they were doing avengers 3 and 4 but they yeah but i had heard from you that oh they're not doing them as a two-part uh final movie because yeah. apparently people were tired of it yeah so i i kind of went into the movie expecting that that Whatever, however it was going to end, that was going to be the close of it, and Avengers 4 was going to be something different. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. So, it came as a surprise to me when they ended it on the note with Thanos killing the entire, like, half the universe. Yeah. And just ending with that scene of him smiling. I I had looked at my watch at some point because I was curious, like, how long the movie's been going on. Uh Uh-huh. But I didn't realize when the movie's going to end because I didn't know how long the movie's supposed to be at all. So, when they finally killed half the universe, I was like, okay, we're going to be here for another half hour, 40 minutes. 
where somehow the team reassembles and like figures out a way to get like maybe the time stone or something back and yeah. turn back the clock a little bit and yeah. then defeat Thanos in, in like some novel way. But like, nope. I would have been mad if they had done that, to be honest. Like, granted... Maybe okay. you shouldn't watch Avengers 4 then. Well, no, that's the thing. <laughs> you mean yeah, like yeah. if they did it in the last 45 minutes where they, exactly. they rushed they, it. If they had done it in the last 15 minutes to be like, see, we saved the day, guys. Oh, Here's a little bow tie. <laughs> yeah. I would have been... I, it would have worked to me, I yeah, think. Yeah. But... Yeah. Like, okay, as, as a guy who reads a fair amount of comics, I, like, I think there's... I have enough knowledge of comics to know or to at least get a vague idea of where this movie is gonna go but and so there's certain things that I'm expecting to see in Avengers 4 that are just kind of inescapable Mm -hmm. you know so they're gonna find a way to write it write this wrong somehow but you know what if they give me that other movie that entire other movie to like rectify it I'll I'm you know what? I'll hear them out. You know, and especially since they did such a great job on this one. Okay, I'll I'll sit through it. Yeah. Well, what was yeah. great too is because they make reference in the movie. Like the, this movie was written very intelligent. Like I'm sure it has its flaws here and there, but like yeah. they make reference to the fact that like, you know everybody's talking like where was Hawkeye in the trailer? We never saw Hawkeye in the trailer. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, Ant-Man and Hawkeye are not in this movie, and they explain why. Yeah. And that's fine. It makes sense, and we're done with that. Yeah. But we know Ant-Man two, Ant-Man and the Wasp are coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know they're gonna play a part in the next Avengers movie. Yeah. We're getting uh, Captain Marvel in literally. 2019. Yeah. So, and you have the post-credit sequence where we know she's gonna be a part in the next movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're getting another ensemble movie with a shift in some of the characters. Yeah. And the Hawkeye is supposed They're to come back maybe as Ronan or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's gonna be fun to see this other movie where they try to rectify yeah. this universal just dis- destruction. Yeah. With this other ensemble cast, but you know, by the end of it, probably the last half hour, we're we'll probably get the whole gamut of all the Marvel characters. Gamut. Interesting. Like I, I like I stopped listening to everything after you said that because I was just <laughs> captivated by it. I was like, I don't know that I, word. I know words. I, I I didn't realize it was pronounced that way. Was it gamut? That's that's. I think that's how I thought it was pronounced. Oh, I didn't realize that those were the same words. I thought you <laughs> was talking about something else entirely. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just speak with a Canadian accent. That's why. <laughs> like, what's this all about? You yeah. know. <laughs> Um, Did you want to... But the thing with me is that... In order they had Inhumans planned as a movie. And uh-huh. they relegated it down to being a TV show, which was disastrous. Yeah. I am kind of curious to know what, if they had made the Inhumans movie. Because I think this was slated between Avengers 1 and Avengers 2. Right, right. Like, how that would have impacted the whole in the Thanos conflict. It would have just given them more toys to play with, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like, imagine Black Bolt facing off with Thanos. Yeah, those are two powerhouses yeah. right there. Yeah. But we won't ever get that because the show was a failure and I don't know if they're doing a second season. And they're, they're probably not. And they're not going to bring characters from the shows into the movies. Yeah. At least not anytime soon. Probably not. I did think, uh, going back to what you said, Albert, about uh, filming Avengers 3 and 4 back to back and then... Because, yeah, like originally they were going to make it a, one of those two-part uh, sequels where it was like, yeah. this one is going to be Infinity War Part 1 and then next year you get Infinity War Part 2. But then, I guess, at some point, yeah, during the lead-up to the release, they decided, oh, you know, I guess fans are kind of tired of that thing. They don't they don't want to sit through half of a movie. Yeah. That, essentially, that's kind of what you're telling people, right? Yeah. Like, you're, this is half of the sequel. So, they, they, they didn't want to do that, and 
we still have Avengers 4 for sure coming out and they're saying yeah we can't tell you the title of it yet because it might be a spoiler for people who haven't seen this one mm. and we just want people to to you know digest and enjoy Infinity War before we tell you anything about the next one so, which I think is smart yeah yeah because you watch a lot of movies where they say like, it's going to be back-to-back sequels, and the problem is each of those movies doesn't really have an ending. They're like, yeah, to be continued. Yeah. But this one, like we're talking about, like it has an ending. If they decided, hey, you know, we suddenly decided we don't like any more Marvel movies, this has an ending. Yeah, it, that's it an end, ending. End, it ended. A bunch of people died. Winter Soldier <laughs> dead. Black Panther dead. dead. Black Panther, Scarlet Witch, Vision, Gamora, Spider Man. Most of the Guardians. Yeah. Everybody's all dead. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like. That that would be a really interesting and unexpected way to, to end their franchise. Yeah. But yeah, with the sequel coming out, um, what do you what do you think Avengers four the sub what do you think the subtitle will be? I definitely have Infinity in it somehow still. I I, I think it's gonna be called Infinity War Part Two. <laughs> 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 Wouldn't that be funny? They're like, you tricked you <laughs> That's why we didn't want to tell you the name, suckers. <laughs> I wouldn't start with something like Infinity Revival or something like that, like like the. Re- well, I was talking with uh, or Infinity Rebirth or something. Infinity Rebirth. I was talking to a friend of mine, and we were just kind of going over the other titles mm-hmm. that you know that have kind of significance in Marvel history. Yeah. And Infinity Crusade kind of makes sense. Hmm. If they did like, you know. If they went on a crusade to <laughs> save the universe... That would work, actually. You know, And it'd be a better version of the comic that we actually got. Yeah, that yeah. comic was really bad. Yeah. That, well, yeah. Yeah. So we could rectify that and be like, well, yeah. we're going to give a good name for Infinity Crusade. Yeah. Good memories. Yeah. That's... that's. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but that is definitely a, a, a logical possibility. Yeah. I... I'm going to go on, on limb here and say I think when they said they're not making Infinity War Part 2 I think they were being honest about that yeah and I think they were I think they were trying to lead people into thinking oh we're it's not going to be a two part movie but it is a it is a two part movie but it's not Infinity War Part 2 I think it's gonna, I, I want to go with Infinity Crusade no like I think, I think that makes yeah. actually a lot of sense it's it's interesting I mean like it's kind of a play on semantics I guess mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like and by no means am I like upset by that revelation that Oh, this is you know not a true. This is an ending, but technically speaking, you could have more. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I'm not upset, upset about it or anything. I'm not upset about it at all. I I like it. You know, I love the movie. It, it really great. depends on how they handle the movie, right? Because if you watch something like Pirates of the Caribbean two and three, yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean number two literally ended on a cliffhanger, and number three didn't really have a full plot. It was like, well, we're gonna go back on saving Jack Sparrow from yeah. this from this dead world, and we'll continue fighting like. Um, <sighs> Yeah, whatever. Well, for a while we were getting all these movies that were playing to the structure of the trilogy format, or even the two-part. Oh yeah. Part three. Yeah. Like, where they were just the yeah, where they were just like stretching these out. But in this case, they did a good version of it. They did. So I'm not upset. Yeah. yeah I'm, you know? All I'm saying is, I think what they're gonna do with this with the next Avengers movies, I think it's going to be a fully a fully fledged plot. Why story? Which oh, is, yeah, yeah. Yes, we have this effect of this conclusion, but it's yeah. going to begin and be a full movie in itself. Yeah. But connect directly with this one, yeah. which, as far as I can tell, very few sequels lately have done that. Where they like they do when they especially when they do back to back sequels, where they let movies be a whole story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I think the last time I've seen one like that, I think would be Back to the Future. 
that it ended on the cliffhanger note with like Marty McFly getting a note from the future. Yeah. But that movie of him going to the future to save his future kids, you know, lives because they were messing up, that story ended. Yeah. The next story was nice go back to the past that what what you know to the to, mid, to the west to save his friend. Yeah. So it's like, hey, we're gonna make a third one, but don't worry about it. You could yeah. you could really watch it in isolation and not worry about what yeah. happened before. Yeah, definitely. But it was fun to like, no, like this is happening, you know. Did you uh, want to go into? Because when the movie ended, you did go into a little bit about your theories on. <laughs> I do have a couple of theories. Um, yeah. before I go into those, I I was thinking of some other titles that I yeah. could. Like I, I don't know. Like these are more serious guesses. Well, not no, I wouldn't even say that. Infinity War Part Two. That that was a joke. But uh, some titles that I think would be cool. I don't think they would actually use it. But uh, if we're just taking titles from from comics, I was thinking Avenge the Earth would be a good title. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was a, a story that's completely unrelated. Yeah. From uh, Uncanny Avengers by Rick Remender. Heck, dude. If you took Hickman stuff and just called it Avengers World, yeah, one one two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I like R- Rick Remender did that one story where the the world was the Earth was literally destroyed, like yeah. it, a gigantic celestial blew it up, and uh, the Avengers failed in protecting the Earth. And when Avengers can't protect, all they can do is avenge. Yeah. So they had to avenge the Earth. Makes sense. And that's kind of what happens in this movie, you know? Like, yeah. the, the Earth is still there, but all the people, half the people on the planet are, are dead. Yeah. So I, I, I like that as a title. Another another idea I had was just calling it New Avengers. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That would be a simple but effective title, too. Because yeah. you know you're, we're going to see some new characters. We're going to see Captain Marvel. Yeah. And, and technically, some of these other characters that we've seen aren't really Avengers yet. Like, Black Panther, he's not technically an Avenger. Yeah. And Spider-Man only just recently became an Avenger, technically speaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, as far as, I, from what I hear, like, Iron Man and Captain America, they've had their trilogy along with Thor, so they're... They're kind of on the way out. They're, yeah. They're yeah. done. They're not They're not making more single-story Captain America or Iron yeah. Man, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Plus, there's that whole thing where people, uh, like, real big fans of the movies take a look at how many... Uh, how long the contracts are for each of these mm-hmm. actors, right? Like, if they're signed on for, like, three or five movies or whatever, and and for, I think, with uh, Captain America and, and uh, Iron Man, those actors, their contracts are pretty much over. Yeah, I think yeah, they're, they're over. Just, they're just doing, like, movie by movie at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think their contract was officially up to the this the next version of next yeah, next year. Yeah, And from what I understand, the next Spider-Man movie will not have Iron Man in it. Because mm. I think the whole point of having him was, like, was because he was guiding Spider-Man, like leading yeah. him into this, to this becoming a hero. But once Spider-Man is his own hero, I don't need to see Iron Man in every Spider-Man movie. I want Spider-Man yeah. to be his own character. Yeah. It's fun. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. I agree. It's fun. But I think plus he's expensive to hire. Yeah. So like in for like five minutes yeah. of him on screen, it's it's not necessarily worth it. You That's know? a lot. But I wonder, Sony. If Sony makes them, then like Sony would be paying out of their pockets for him, wouldn't they? What's a shared development right? So I'm not, yeah, I don't know exactly how that works on a financial level. The only character I'm curious about is now that Thor has this new Stormbreaker and he has to re and we had just had Thor Ragnarok they're not going to be like well the Asgardians are all gone like there has to be some sort of re recreation of, of Asgard maybe way down or like I don't know like it just seems odd to give him a new weapon and be like okay we're done with you yeah yeah I don't and I don't know what Chris Hemsworth's contractual situation is either but and I know I'll, he's also kind of expensive yeah, yeah I wouldn't mind seeing another Thor movie though I wouldn't mind seeing like some after effect of him like maybe setting down the hammer saying you know I've, I've 
I'm going to recreate Axe they, Crowd. They could, they uh, could do Jane Foster. Jane Thor. Foster. They could do the Jane Foster Thor. But does yeah. that mean they would have to bring Rehab back Natalie, Natalie Portman? Portman? I just don't see her being a Thor character. They could, uh, they could, they could have Beta, Beta Ray Bill. Bill. Yeah. Because they do have Stormbreaker. In, in the comics, Stormbreaker is the mallet, the enchanted mallet that transforms Beta Ray Bill into a Thor-like character. Yeah. Maybe that's what they'll have in the next movie. Like, maybe Thor will be like, he failed. Like, he got the hammer, but he failed to do what he had to do. Like, mm. Maybe the aftermath will be some alien character who survived Thanos' destruction. Yeah, we could like, have a Gamma Ray Groot. Groot <laughs> 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 gave his hair for the handle. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. He'll just absorb it back into his arm, so his arm's an axe. Well, uh, what's it called? Jason Aaron did do that one story where... Or, like, I think they're building up on it right now, but... There's just infinite Thors or something, just a whole bunch of hammers yeah. just kind of going around. Yeah, <laughs> the hammers from yeah. the multiverse. When uh, they did Secret Wars, the Thors were their enforcers. Yeah, yeah. They were kind of like a Thor core. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> so, h- how do you guys see Avengers Four fixing all of these deaths, or do you actually think that they're all going to stay dead? <laughs> I think they're going to. Well, I definitely know they're going to fix Black Panther. Mm-hmm. They're going yeah. to fix Bucky Barnes. They got to fix Spider Man. They're going to fix Spider Man. Yeah. They're going to fix Peter Quill. Yeah. And Groot. Uh, they'll have to Basically bring back Gamora. Yeah, yeah. Somehow. So you think Gamora will come back too? I think what's going to happen is I think they're going to find the whoever's left alive, and then you and someone are going to get Ant Man, Wasp, and Captain Marvel. Maybe a new face we won't know. Ronan mm-hmm. and Hawkeye. I think they go find Thanos. They're gonna have another battle, and I think halfway through they're gonna somehow wrest the gauntlet from him. Yeah. And use the time stone to turn back time somehow, because that's the only way we can save Gamora. Huh. But if if they can do that, why wouldn't they go back all the way and save Loki and Heimdall and all the Asgardians? Oh, they maybe they will do that too. Maybe they'll go back and like just reset. The why don't time they go all the way back and save <laughs> Agent Coulson from the first Avengers movie? I wonder. So I wonder if there's a. T- I wonder if there's a. <laughs> despite the fact of the power, the, the those stones and those gems. I wonder if there's still a limitation to what you guys can do. Like, Well, there shouldn't be a limitation because it's, it's the infinity, infinity gauntlet. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I, I agree with you. I thought you knew English. <laughs> it's infinity up to two weeks. <laughs> well, there's, different, there's different measures of infinity. So but, it may uh, not be an infinity of infinity. But my whole thing is like, yes, I get it. But it's like it's like the MacGuffin, right? It's a very powerful MacGuffin. So I can't stand with it. Like, you know, <laughs> like the MacGuffin. I'm going to take this... Gun and just go back in time and just reset yeah. the whole universe from scratch. Uh huh. Like he could re- recreate the universe in such a way that it'll naturally like decimate half the population, and then we would never be the wiser. We wouldn't know that there was a Thanos yeah. who made it evil. This is how the universe works. Yeah, that's true. We could have Superman fly around the planet <laughs> so oh, fast. <laughs> yeah, dude, he did it in his movie, but he was so effective at it that it affected the Marvel universe. <laughs> <laughs> he broke the, the, the reality barrier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know. I, I think... just thought of something too, actually. Uh, or something just occurred to me, but in in those Infinity series in the trilogy, like at the end of, of Infinity Gauntlet, Thanos retires to the countryside and mm-hmm. that's kind of the end of it that we see for a while, but we eventually get other villains that try to take the gauntlet, you know? There's Magus in Infinity War. War. And there's the goddess in Infinity Crusade. Crusade. So they could 
you know, it'd be interesting to see, and this isn't necessarily what I hope to see or what I'm rooting for. I mean, unless they could do it well, but they could, there's a chance that they could, because it ended with Thanos getting what he wanted. Yeah. And he retired to the countryside to live out the rest of his days on a farm with a dog Mm -hmm. and, you know, planting crops. He had a dog? I'm just assuming that that's what farmers have. (laughs) Yeah, he could have like a sheep dog. He's got a dog. He could have a sheep dog or something, right? Exactly. B-I-N-G-O. But if they introduce another villain after that who tries to get the Infinity Stones, like... I guess technically you could say that Thanos still wins and it ends on that note and they'd have to stop whoever this new person is. Mm. But I, I don't know. Like, I think from a place of satisfaction, you wouldn't want to see Thanos get his come up. And s- yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I think it has to end with something happening to Thanos. Yeah. Do you think Thanos will be killed by the next movie? The next movie? Mm. Yeah, I think so. I think he'll have to be destroyed with some sort of finality. Uh, there's a couple things that I was thinking of in terms of, Ooh. huh? Oh, I was. I it's just an idea, but I'll wait. Oh no, it. no, go ahead. Well, d- doesn't he get turned into stone at some point in the comics? <laughs> yeah, but that was before. I think that was before he had the gauntlet. Well, I mean, things are kind of out of order here, anyway. Yeah, that's so, true. You know. Oh, oh! There was also after the scene in uh, Infinity at the <coughs> end of it when they trap him in that sort of suspended animation yeah 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 Yeah. but he didn't again he didn't have the gauntlet at that point yeah um you know maybe that's how it ends for him like he's just trapped in some sort of suspended animation trapped in stone or something it's more of a curiosity because like if they ever plan to do something with him again later in in the marvel movies they could yeah but if if they don't want to then they have they they should probably just kill him yeah yeah. and that's basically as close as you can be to death without actually having to you know, with the possibility of coming back yeah. if they don't want to f- put some finality into it. Uh, so, what I was thinking about in terms of how they're going to get out of this conundrum, here's a, here's a question. Do you remember, I think it was the second Guardians of the Galaxy, there was, um, they made a mention at the end of credits, or maybe it was just at the end of the movie, about Adam Warlock. Yeah. Do you so? Do you think that there's any chance they would bring Adam Warlock into Avengers Four? Because Warlock, so Adam Warlock for uh, you listeners, if you if you're not familiar with with this character, he is another uh, character that is heavily associated with Thanos. Uh, in fact, in the Infinity Gauntlet and all of the those Infinity stories written by Jim Starlin, the creator of Thanos, Adam Warlock is a key factor. He's a cog, and he's the one who's integral to Thanos' downfall and in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 uh, the characters made an allusion to Adam Warlock I think he was in some cocoon or something right? Yeah. So do you think there's any chance that he could be brought into the fold or would that be just too much of a deus ex machina? Here's the thing that I've heard um, and again like the way that Marvel ended this movie like I'm not going to outright say that they lied to us <laughs> but you know well you know they were slightly deceptive right but um from what i've heard uh james gunn has 
asked for Adam Warlock to be exclusively just for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if he's going to be the messiah for Avengers 4. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Actually, that that makes me feel better about things. Yeah. Infinity Gauntlet, <clears throat> wasn't he one trying to recruit the characters too? Or he or he had aware, or he knew about the Infinity Stones and he was like... he. Like, he already existed, right? He was already yeah, there. Yeah, So this one, we haven't even actually seen Adam Warlock. He, we haven't actually seen him yet. He, he, doesn't, he hasn't existed before time, since <coughs> the stones are, the gems are. Yeah. So it seemed a bit True. odd to make him suddenly be the deus ex machina, even if they wanted to have a deus ex machina, which maybe could work. But well, he's always, like, in the comics, he's always had a connection to uh, the soul gem. Yeah. Because he, he inhabited soul, soul world. world. Yeah, basically, in the comics, the gem, the soul gem, uh, it has the power to allow you to see into a person's heart and character and his soul basically but it also has a there's like a realm that it's linked to where all the I I don't know if it's like all the people who die or are killed by the gauntlet but 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 people can be trapped in this place called the soul world and Mm -hmm. that's a place where he basically had such a deep connection to the soul world that he was basically the god of that realm yeah Oh, we don't get this here, so it would seem odd to suddenly throw him into the... Like, would, oh, Adam Warlock, yeah, because yeah. he's true. It would be weird. It would be... Yeah. yeah. It would be... It would, Deus Ex Machina. It would feel too much like a random uh, yeah. coincidence, I guess. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I guess it would be a kind of a cop-out. Yeah. Especially since he was only a post-credit sequence, and they didn't actually call him Adam Warlock. It would just seem... I think most viewers, even who had watched Guardians of the Galaxy, would be like, wait, who's this now? Like, that would be like... Yeah, I feel like yeah. that would be like a pull-out. That's, like, that's too much of a deep cut for yeah. civilians. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they called him him, and that's that's what his name called, was. Didn't she say, I'm thinking of naming him Adam? Adam yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So. Yeah. So, <clears throat> if, if uh, it sounds like that most likely won't happen. The other thing I was thinking about was um, how Doctor Strange in, in this movie, he, he, he basically played through 14 million something simulations of he saw alternate universes yeah yeah, yeah. only one of them they won yeah. exactly but I just realized something yeah also so so you were telling me when you were you know uh, theorizing about the various ways that the movie could end you were saying that Doctor Strange might have uh, orchestrated like multiple moves ahead in order to achieve the desired result that yeah. he wanted. Yeah. The the other thing that occurred to me was when yeah, when uh when um so when when Thanos is basically beating up all of the people on Titan. Yeah. And uh he impales Tony Stark. Yeah. Doctor Strange implores Thanos not to kill Tony Stark. Yeah. And at first I just thought I I didn't re- think realize this till like after the fact, but at first I thought he was just trying to save Tony Stark just oh, to save Tony Stark. I think I know you're getting with this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't know what the actual outcome would be, but like so at the end of the movie Doctor Strange along with half the world dies. Yeah. And he says this was the only way. Yeah. And Tony Stark is the last man alive. But that's the thing. Uh, Doctor Strange was the one that asked that Tony Stark be spared Mm -hmm. when Thanos was killing everybody or beating all of them up on Titan. So 
it just makes me think that whatever the ending is, Tony Stark's gonna be the he's the key factor. He's the and, key factor. And exactly. it connects with earlier movie when they're talking about like if it's between you and the stone, I'll let you and Spider Man die. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so when he saw these different realities, now it makes sense to me. And this is what he was trying to hint yeah. at is like. In all these realities, the ones where I let you die to try to set the stone knows the ones where we failed. And he's like, yeah. the only one that we can win in is, yeah, we'll have to let him win yeah. now. And as long as you yeah. live, then... Yeah. So I do feel like Tony Stark, whatever whatever it may be, like, it revolves... The solution revolves around Tony Stark. Yeah, and it makes sense from uh, it's very a, attentive a narrative standpoint because... <laughs> yeah, because Iron Man, he was the first movie they did. Yeah. So what... More fitting way to close it out with yeah. him, you know, like that would be like some symmetry yeah. right there. And the his his Robert Downey or Tony Stark's his contracts up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 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 his character's stature in their world, it's he's. I think you could say he's looked at as the greatest of of mm-hmm. them all. Yeah, you know, like even more so than Captain America. Like if if we were talking about comics, Cap. He's obviously the greatest of them yeah, all, yeah, yeah. but but in in the MCU in the in the movie universe, it's probably Iron Man. Yeah, he's, he's considered yeah. the linchpin. He's the first, and he's also not the one who's been running around hiding from the world because yeah. of the uh, uh, Sokovia Accords. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's so all yeah all of that to say um, what Doctor Strange did at the end of that battle with between Stark and Thanos. Like he definitely had some sort of plan. That's I think that's what's gonna lead to. To uh, the Avengers comeback in the next one, yeah. Because there's, like you said, Shanus, there's no way he would have made that trade for Stark's life unless he knew that was the only way that they could win. Yeah. But as as to far as far as to how exactly they're gonna pull that off, like what I what I think might happen is if 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 they want to be really uh, true to the spirit of Thanos in the comics, one of the things that always characterized Thanos is how he, he loses his battles because he's he's had so many stories where he's constantly on the cusp of unimaginable power, the power to reshape reality, whether it was back in like the seventies and he was going after the cosmic cube and fighting Marvel. Yeah. Or the Infinity Gauntlet, whatever <clears throat> big stories he was in. The reason why he always lost is because there's something subconscious in him where he feels he's unworthy of wielding unimaginable power and because of that self-doubt he always leaves a door open for somebody else to to defeat him he has an inferiority complex <laughs> yeah i guess you could say that i remember there was this one comic where he and adam warlock were talking and basically warlock deconstructs him he looks into his soul he looks into thanos's soul and tells him this is why you always lose all of these battles because you don't believe you're worthy of this power if if you had some sort of you know self belief or you know full confidence in yourself, then there's no reason why you would have lost these battles where you had godlike power. That's what Thanos needs—a pep talk. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say Adam Warlock made him cry. <laughs> so I did want to touch on one thing. You know, one of the big one of the big expectations I had after I first saw when I saw the very first Captain America movie, it was like, whatever happened to the Red Skull? Yeah. Yeah. I always figured he w- got trapped in the cube or something. I yeah. thought so too. Like, even though they never called the Cosmic Cube, it's called the Tesseract. Yeah. yeah. I get the impression that he got trapped into this world order it was because that's what like, the Cosmic Cube can do. Yeah. Um, 
And even when they did Captain America Winter Soldier, they, there was a, tr- a music track in the soundtrack called uh, The Return of the Red Skull or, or The Red Skull. So people felt like, oh. people thought um, Robert Redford, who was the head of the of a shield and head of Hydra at that point, yeah. was actually Red Skull reincarnated. Oh, okay. But it turned out not to be the case. And so we're yeah. like, okay, so are we getting Red Skull back? Is he going to be the Captain America villain again? Yeah. And then what we see him on that planet where the soldier is like, oh. Yeah, yeah. that was cool. And yeah. I wasn't clear what they're going to do with him as a character. Like, did he have like an epiphany of like him saying, like, you know, I, I did what you do, which, which I sought these power gems, and I realized that wasn't worthy. Or would he give him the opportunity? Would he come back to Earth and become a villain again? Like, owner, that's cause, an interesting cause, question. Yeah, actually, like as far as how it looked, it just looked like he was someone who's damned. He looked, yeah, like he was cursed for all eternity yeah. to be that gatekeeper by the way was that Hugo Whipping they, they I'm rec- pretty sure it okay. was it, it wasn't I oh, looked wasn't? up the credits okay. oh. yeah they got someone else dang yeah they didn't want to pay him <laughs> I, I think Wikipedia or something said that it was his choice to okay. not participate okay yeah fair enough oh yeah could have been another big name actor in there it could have been more fun yeah just a little cameo from yeah. Hugo he sounded like him though or you know at certain points yeah yeah but we know Red Skull's alive he's somewhere on this planet mm-hmm and then there's also the notion of how uh, maybe in the, in the realm of the soul gem or maybe even it was the time gem, time doesn't pass uh, the same way it does in the real world. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have, I think there was a scene towards the end where where Thanos uh, revisits Gamora as a child, right? Like, aren't they in the gem? Wait, what? Huh? Say that? Do you remember that scene where... where after th- like it's I think it's at the very end where he well after he stops his fingers he goes yeah. to that like like lake place where she's in the gazebo and, he's and it like, looks like a vision of some sort yeah. but isn't that the soul realm or the soul world or something I just because he I just assumed <clears throat> that, that was like a flashback or like something in his mind's eye I thought it was something would happen when he snapped his fingers like it yeah the universe momentarily like paused and let him have those like those moment yeah yeah so I I don't know. And she asked him like I forget what she said. She asked him, "Did you get what you wanted?" He's like, "Yes." What you have to give up? What you have to, what you have to give up? And he's like, "Everything." Hmm. So yeah, I don't know how. I guess that's just an example of how they've used, uh, or maybe foreshadowed the use of some sort of time discrepancy or time travel. Yeah. Uh, going I mean, back to Ant Man and the Wasp, <clears throat> supposedly they're going to be entering the quantum realm. Yeah. And the quantum realm, I think they mentioned it in the first Ant-Man movie. They said the quantum realm is a place where time doesn't pass at the same rate as it does in the real world. And that's why they're going to rescue uh, the Wasp's mother or hmm. something like that. Huh. So m- maybe there's a chance Gen- that... Janet quan- Yeah, Yeah, Janet Van Dyne. Maybe there's a chance that uh, the quantum realm that they discover in... Ant-Man and the Wasp is going to play some role in Avengers mm-hmm. 4. I haven't read anything about Ant-Man and the Wasp that's coming up, but apparently it's supposed to start three months before the events of Avengers Infinity War, but end sort of at the same time or something. Yeah, I was having this conversation yeah. with Drew where we were like, how do you think that's going to play out? And I mentioned that wouldn't it be kind of like a pretty dark ending for them to Save have mother. their adventure which is like oh we're gonna fight this corporate corporate espionage and you know that's kind of our concern at the moment and we're gonna save the day and we're gonna feel really good about ourselves but it's gonna end on this note where half the universe dies yeah so really what they did was kind of meaningless Scott <laughs> Lang goes to see his daughter and he's about to give her a yeah. hug or something yeah. and she just crumbles into dust yeah or they save uh, <clears throat> the mother from the quantum realm and then after that 
she vanishes and yeah. like, after all that I think the thing with his daughter would be the that would gut be, punch yeah that would be <laughs> the yeah. big gut punch man yeah or while he's hugging her yeah yeah then there's also uh, that the post credit scene at the end of Infinity War yeah. when you see Nick Fury and Maria Hill there was something funny when uh, Nick Fury was fading out of existence. Yeah. <laughs> he was doing it in the most Samuel L. Jackson yeah. way yeah. possible. <laughs> Mother! <laughs> was, uh, and Captain Marvel is supposed to come out before the next Avengers movie. Yeah, too, yeah. Right? early so, 2019, right? Yeah, I think it's in, coming out in March okay. 2019. So this that scene at the end of the credits, Nick Fury hits that pager, and, and then you see uh, Captain emblem. Marvel's emblem. Yeah, yep. so... That's a little shout out to the next uh, movie next year. Yeah. So Avengers Force coming out next May or next next April? I believe May. Okay. So yeah. so Captain Marvel will come out before it, and Captain Marvel is supposed to take place in the nineties. Right, as a backstory. Yeah. yeah. That is weird. That, I mean, I know, thinking about it, that the nineties is an era. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> but it'll be weird to view a movie where. Our youth is treated as a lens for nostalgia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so everybody's going to be wearing, like, flannel shirts. And Maybe they're like, going to be playing Pogs. Yeah, they're going to be listening to, like, Nine Inch Nails and <laughs> Smashing Pumpkins. It's, Don't hit on to the pumpkins, man. I'm the not, pumpkins are awesome. Wait, I'm not. They're great. I'm I, just saying, it's it's a trip. <laughs> I know I can look this up, but is the next Spider-Man movie supposed to come out next year or in 2020? I don't remember. It'd be weird if they put it out before. Um, no, I'm saying after... And after the next Avengers movie, like summer of next year. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to look at one of those lists people make on the internet. Because if they charts. put it out before Avengers Four comes out, it'd just be like, oh, he lived. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I guess mean, it could take place time wise before all that stuff. But <laughs> no, I know it's not, I know it's not supposed to be before. I know it's supposed to be uh, later. But I forget if it's yeah. supposed to be 2019 or 2020. Like I forget if Sony's trying to do Spider movies every two years or every three years. Because if they want to be high school students still, I feel like every two years yeah, would be... Yeah, they've got to do it sooner or he's just going to age out of it. I think he's already kind no. of... He's not really... Like, I want to say he's like 18 or something already. Yeah. 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 So, but he's still working for me, so it's okay. Yeah. I mean, until he, uh, you know, begins until to get 25 or yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing is that a lot of... I think pretty much all the Marvel movies... Like the time that passes in between each movie, it's supposed to be supposed to be representative of real time. So, who knows? Maybe the next time we see a Spider-Man movie, he's gonna be in college. He doesn't have to b- still be in yeah, high school. He doesn't. Yeah. Uh. Maybe he. Maybe they're gonna take into account that the fact uh, all these actors are gonna age. It is a little weird to me, though, thinking of everything that's happened in Infinity War, and we're gonna see another Spider-Man movie and in the next one he's going to take on the Shocker or something like that, you know? <laughs> or Scorpion. And it's just... Well, to some degree, it just feels like... Eh. I will feel like with Spider-Man movies, I think they're building up to the Sinister Six as as their, like, ensemble movie. Which is fine. That could be cool. Because Vulture's yeah. still alive. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. And Shocker's around. and But it still doesn't really compare to he's gone toe-to-toe the destruction of the universe. Thanos. Yeah, he's gone toe-to-toe with Thanos and then next thing you know, he's fighting the Grizzly... Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> or the rhino. Yeah. Oh no, base pot Pete. <laughs> yeah. Base pot Pete. Right. Oh man. That was a good one. We had a lot of fun on this one. Yeah. Yeah. You have any more thoughts or anything you want to say? No, I think I'm good. Yeah. I'm just looking forward to watching it again actually. Yeah. I'll, well, I'll watch it again too. Same here. Same here. It was fun. I want to give out a shout out to 
my friend who owns the Beefy Co. He uh, he sells plush items and uh, graphic t-shirts. Go check out his website, beefyco, B-E-E-F-Y-C-O dot com. Go check it out. And uh, yeah, give us a shout out. And uh, yeah, okay. this is Between the Gutters signing off. <laughs>